Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. Right, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Open Heart Cast. We're here at Tim Brown's workshop after the BKS show. And uh, it was it was brilliant. Brooklyn Life Show was incredible. Yeah, I know. It was a fantastic event, as always. Big shout-out to Niels at um, Black Dragon Forge for organizing another awesome event. He always does a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, I, I had a quick chat with him today, and I thanked him for the, mm. all the trouble that he's gone to. I, I think... A lot of the guys appreciate that show for the the exposure yeah. and especially new makers. Look, mm. as well as makers who've been going to it for a long time, but yeah, it's beautifully organised. It is, and I mean, this year it was it was really big because we had to do the social distancing, so it was spread out almost across the whole flipping mall. Um, but it was a great show once again. I mean, we had I think they had probably about eighty exhibitors there, something like that. Eighty exhibitors, and yeah. I think that was. I stand under the correction here, but I think that was besides suppliers. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Not 100% right, sure, but it, it's the biggest knife show in Africa now. Yes. So, um, in terms of number of exhibitors. And there was a lot bigger section that was covered of uh, Brooklyn Mall yeah. of knife makers and suppliers and so yeah. on. It was really, really great. And you know what made it nice for me as well is we did a, cu- a couple of challenges during the lockdown that we've had, you know, the 48-hour dagger bowl and the five-day sword challenge and a couple of others. Um, but to meet some of the guys that we interacted with over Facebook live streams and things like that in the different challenges and actually to get to see some of the pieces that were made was flipping awesome. Um, it was. It was incredible. We... I personally, I don't know about you, Tim, I'm sure you did too, but I found a lot of encouragement in the guy's work because mm-hmm. there was a lot of, I'm sure there always is, but mm-hmm. I haven't been to Brooklyn for a while. I've been, I think I've been to one Brooklyn show before. Mm-hmm. And I think the, that was 2018. Yes. Because I remember seeing you there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was at Niels' table and, mm-hmm. uh, and it was great. But experience, experiencing now experiencing the show now as as an exhibitor for the first time mm. it was just a lovely experience we had mm. a great time a lot of stress but it was flipping awesome yeah and we and we we gained a lot of inspiration from mm. a lot of makers mm. Lots and it was also people. nice to meet people who listen to the podcast and guys that have been following our work and following the build on the jeffrey um we met that guy who runs that that small children's home Yes. Which was flipping awesome. They've built their own forge. Yes. Um, so we're probably going to go make a turn there. I'll do a bit, a bit of demonstration, teach them how to make some tongs and tools and things like that. And Trenton's going to teach them a bit of bushcrafting skills. Yeah. So they can get to learn how to use different tools in different environments. And I think it'll be great to give back a little bit to the community. I think mm. it's awesome to do things like that. It is. It's, it's great to give back to the community in some way. And, uh, and yeah, it was it was great. It was great interacting with all kinds of people. We made yeah. lots of contacts with very mm. nice people. Uh, one of which was a chef that we yeah. made contact with, and um, yeah, he had a, po- a lot of positive things to say mm. about uh, our work regarding yeah. the kitchen knives. 
and we're possibly even going to go and spend some time with him, learn a bit more about kitchen knives, since we're supposed to be making them, and we'll probably do a podcast on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I spoke to him about uh, making one according to what he was talking about, mm. um, and he just had a few pointers here yeah. and there. And um, so what we, what I was thinking of doing is, mm. is, and this is what I spoke to him about, is uh, making a knife having him on, having him use it as a chef and potentially cooking us a simple dish mm. um, using using our knife. If we do a collaboration for Open Knife Guys, yeah. we can do that. Yeah. And or you can make two separate knives. You can, you yeah, can. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but we'll, we'll definitely make something. And mm. then uh, we can maybe ask Grant to come and do a bit of video work for us. That would be incredible. And we can put it up on the YouTube channel as well. We'll have to speak to him about that. Um, yeah. I'm sure. Thanks, Grant, for doing it for us. We really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Presumptuous. <laughs> Presumptuous much. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so yeah, it was it was a great time. Very much a stressful thing, but I'm sure very stressful for all of the makers. Yeah. Um, but they all performed incredibly well. Yes. Um, I think I only had. How many knives did I have there? Oh, I can't remember. I know you sold a knife. I sold one chef's knife. Yeah. And that nice one of the Hamon on. Mm. Um, can make a couple more of those. Because mm. it was nice and thin, very light. Um, and it had a very deep blade. It was it was almost 60 mils, I think. Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah I can't yeah. remember the thing. I've got a template for it somewhere. It but it, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was well done, bro. It was mm. well done. It was beautifully executed. And well priced for the for the work that's gone into it. Yeah. So yeah, lots of uh, people came through and had a look and uh, bought tickets to the Jeffrey. Yes. Uh, the tickle the competition will be over by the time you hear this. Uh, yeah. But thank you to everybody uh, just for uh, getting involved and for taking part in this raffle. Mm. We are we have we spoke about it earlier, mm. Tim and I, and we decided that we are going to give a, a second prize and possibly even a third prize. Yeah, I think we're going to do a third prize Yeah, well. we've got Yeah, we've got a few stickers. We've got some shirts left over. Um, we'll be keeping on uh, making those and making them available. Yeah. Um, the the artwork might change when we make our next project knife, which we're busy discussing right now, which is going to be fucking fantastic. I'm sure it is. It's <laughs> going to be phenomenal. I'm yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, We've been inspired by some excellent work yeah. on a YouTube channel. What's the name of the YouTube channel? Give him some love. Uh, it's Ford Hallam. Let me just check quickly. Ask Jamie. Bring it up there on YouTube. Jamie. Jamie. It's Jeffrey. We should use Jeffrey as our flippant version of Jamie. Uh, let me go to it quickly. But just to give you guys some uh, some backstory here, Tim and I were watching this during the uh, while we were sitting at the table and just relaxing after the show. Yeah. And um, Tim was showing me how he was rebuilding a, a guard for a... Uh, <laughs> Samurai sword, a katana, a katana? Yeah, it was a set of two knives. Um, and the original... Um, the original Tsubo for the katana had gone missing. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a historical piece. So he was recreating it from what pictures they had of it and the the guard or the Tsubo for the, the wakazashi. Yes. Um, his channel is Ford Hallam's Japanese work, uh, metalwork. So he does engraving and... 
and metal work according to it's it's the way of the iron brush as they call it in the japanese translation for it incredible because the the little gravers and chisels they use are called iron brushes okay so it's like painting on iron with chisels thanks jamie for that info <laughs> so um yeah we uh we had a look at his work and we were just absolutely inspired as we have been with the Brooklyn Mm. Knife Show as well. Mm. Um, Just the sheer beauty that some people and the sheer skill Mm. that that these knife makers are able to accomplish. Look, Mm. they've obviously spent many, many years practicing these things, but Mm. it's incredible to see the work that comes out at Mm. these shows. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, maybe next time we might actually enter the competition. Mm. I'm just too shit scared to put a, a knife in there and, and get critique from pros. <laughs> well, critique is the look. Constructive criticism is a healthy thing. It definitely helps you. I I uh, I asked a lot of not some of them. I didn't have to ask. They immediately just gave me their advice because they knew that I was starting out and mm. I needed the help. Mm. And I, I seriously appreciate uh, Dylan Marish, great, great knife maker mm. and a very nice person. Mm. Very straight and honest, but also very courteous in mm. a way. So shout out to him. Mm. And so, also, uh, shout out to so many guys. Stuart uh, Smith, yeah, Neil Spinnerberg, uh, Henning Wilkinson mm. was popped in. Um, I missed him completely. I'm so bummed about that. Yeah, you mm. did. You missed him completely. <laughs> But also shout out to my man. Sorry, I just have to say this, Gareth Wilkinson as well. Yeah, that looks a legend, man. Flippin' incredible guy. Um, uh, what was that uh, young guy's name who won the uh, uh, competition? I tagged him on Instagram earlier. Uh, he made he made uh, A W Cooper. Yes, that's his Instagram handle. Yeah, A W Cooper. Good Huge sh- shout out, my man. Mm. Um, he won the Novice Dagger, didn't he? Novice Dagger. Yeah. Incredible work. Yeah, he beat our, our, our good friend Michelle Zwan by one point. Yes. Um, and, and look, Michelle was uh, was a little bit bummed about that, but he took it on the shoulder like – well, he took it on the chin like a good man. And, yeah. uh, and he learned from it. And uh, you know what? His work is incredible. It was just a slight flaw. Yeah. And he lost by literally one point. Well, one point. So, I mean, kudos to him for having the, the kudos, the balls, mm, right? To enter. To yeah. enter. Big mm, respect. Yeah. But uh, well done to my, uh, my man uh, from AW Cooper on uh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. He makes some awesome knives. Incredible work. Oh, I want to thank Stuart as well for, for giving me a few tips on this Bowie that I, I finished on Thursday. Oh, did he give you a few pointers? Yeah, it's just here at the top where the guard intersects. English. Bit of a sharp edge. No, it's just taking the the round wheel, the, the small wheel, and just bringing it back a bit, just to make it a bit narrower and a bit more comfortable, not a little bit less blocky. Yeah. So yeah, is your cigarette depressed? Yeah, sorry about that noise, guys. That must have been bothering. I didn't realize. Yeah, it's no worries, man. I mean, they're used to it by now. You're gonna get the papers <laughs> out just now and roll some some smocks, some smocks and pancakes. Yeah. Pipe in the knife. <laughs> Sugar and a waffle. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it, look, we're both tired. Mm. And I'm sure all of the knife makers who attended are extremely tired as well. Mm. It's been go, 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 go. Mm. And um, But, yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah. We enjoyed it. It's, it's always a blast. Doing we, we always have a great conversation, Tim and I, whenever we're together. 
Yeah, we, um, we, we had, in the car trip this morning, we had a very interesting conversation. We actually should have recorded this. We, we, we really should have. It was... Mm. Um, shall we get into that, or shall we leave that for another one? We might leave that for a bit later. But, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was a very good discussion. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, but yeah the, the excitement from the show and the, and the, the sheer... I don't know, the the magnitude of the show as well mm. and, and the way it's organized by yeah. Niels and, and everybody involved, mm. uh, the Black Dragon Forge team, mm. all of them, just great and helpful people. Sean mm. has always been ex- extremely helpful. Mm. Um, I bought those uh, tickets for us today. The stickers. The stickers. Yeah. Right. Forge sorry. or die. Or yeah. Forge, forge or die and rule one, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got the forge or die one. Yeah. And I've got the don't fuck up one. Yeah, because you need more than I do. I do. But I do. Not that I fuck up any less. It's just I don't need to. You know how to fix your fuck ups. <laughs> I don't. That's the difference. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was great, and uh, Tim and I were also having another discussion earlier mm. about. Um, well, look, it's 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 something we're just discussing at the moment. Mm. I'm not saying it's it's going to happen the way we discussed it, but. I said to Tim, you know, because we were discussing the ABS. Yeah, the ABS joining the American Bladesmith Society. And I didn't know what that all involved. So we were discussing it and Tim was telling me all about it. And uh, we're thinking of joining in January. Yeah. Together. Yeah, we're going to join in January. Um, So just for the people who don't know, because you've told me, but mm. for the people who don't know, just tell us what that entails. So the the American Bladesmith Society... Blade Smith Society. Yeah, my tongue is a bit tangled. Um, they are a, a knife making society in in America, but they got members throughout the world, and uh, they've got a, a, a sort of a rating system or, or a, a program that they follow. So you, when you join the ABS, you are automatically an apprentice smith. And after a period of time, I'm not exactly sure, it's three or four years, you can submit knives to earn your journeyman, st- journeyman smith uh, stamp. Mm. So there's a process involved. And then after another period of time, you get invited to submit knives to become a master smith. But it takes roughly about 10 years or so. There is one active master smith in South Africa, that's Kevin Harvey. Um, his wife Heather is a retired ABS master smith and Kevin's been a master smith for you know, about 15 16 years already so um, so what he's forgotten we still have to learn <laughs> well um, yeah and, and uh, uh, Stuart Reese a couple of years ago I think two years ago whatever he got he finally got his journeyman smith uh, stamp um, Stuart's also a member of the South African Knife Makers Guild and then Niels is a journeyman smith um, for the ABS, for the ABS, he's also a guild member. But um, he's for the last two years, he was going to submit knives. But then, twenty eighteen, he had a shoulder problem, so he couldn't get the knives done for for submission. This year was a complete fuck up because <laughs> of of COVID yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So the blade show was cancelled. So he would have submitted this year. So hopefully next year he'll submit, and I'm sure as damn it he will make it. Yes. I mean, we know the quality of his work. His work is... Flipping. His work is incredible. Yeah. And I have to say, 
I, I, unfortunately, I, I got some time to talk to Niels, but I would have liked more time to talk mm. to him because, and, and here it comes again, Niels. Big love your way, brother. Yeah. Big love your way. Sorry about your autopsy. Sorry about your autopsy, <laughs> but, but big love for Niels. Like, yeah. the thing is about Niels is he's the guy who's been patient with me all the way through till now. Mm. He's helped me along the way, and he's really given me great advice and given mm. me opportunity to learn, given me resources for free so that I could learn. Mm. And, and now I'm getting to a point where I've now started my apprenticeship with Jack and starting to roll over some cash with knives. And I really have to thank Niels for, for mm. being the start of, of my interest in knife making and helping me out along the way. There's many other guys that mm. I could mention that I have mentioned in the past, but Niels started out helping me. And the thing is, you know, the, the advice Niels gives is not just about making the knife. It, it can go into marketing, um, building your, your audience or your, your uh your marketing tools to to increase your customer base and things like that and simple things like you know if you've got a regular customer sending his wife an email on her birthday to wish her happy birthday simple things like that you know um because he's a marketing genius he is there is so much to be learned from niels that it is i mean i hope to, to hope to hell like one day that i can be proficient with business um, in terms of marketing and uh, customer relationships mm. as well as making good product. And building your brand. And building your brand. Mm. And Niels does all of those things incredibly well. Mm. And I don't know how he does it because he's operating on another level. Mm. I think he's taking something. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's those cigarettes. Maybe Winston Blue is a good brand. <laughs> Maybe you should get involved in that. But, uh, yeah, you could be smoking some giggly grass on the side. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But shout out to you if you are. Shout out anyways. But, yeah, it's been a good time. And uh, I had a great little video with Niels that yeah. I shared on Instagram. <laughs> he plucked a nose hair from my nose with um, – What's the guy's name? It's the guy from Ferry Rest Forge. Ferry Rest Forge. That's I mean, right. I, I make tongs, but they're not the same level. Those tongs are just marvelous. Incredible. They line up so beautifully, and they're so like spectacularly made. Mm. You know, look. A lot of the tongs they serve the purpose, and they mm. look. A lot of them look very good. There's there's some guys out there who make some very very nice tongs. Mm. One of those guys is Dennis Creel. Mm. He makes some very nice tongs and hammers and things mm. like that. So he's one of the guys. But the, but these they next were time. another level. No mm. insult to any of the guys who are making tongs, but mm. I personally have never seen anything like it mm. in terms of tongs. Yeah. And I was extremely impressed. Mm. And for the money that he charges for that, it is totally justifiable. Mm. Huge shout out mm. to uh, Ferrier Rest Forge. Mm. Awesome stuff. Yeah. He plucked a nose hair from my nose. Yeah, without removing your head. Without removing my head. Right? <laughs> Crazy stuff. Check yeah. it out on Instagram, guys. Well, it'll be gone before this. But I actually posted it. Yeah, I actually posted, posted it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's legendary. Yeah, it is legendary. It has to be done. Yeah. Right. But brilliant, brilliant tongs. So I want to get some of those one day when I'm big. Mm. Uh, but yeah, guys, it's been a brilliant show. Mm. Brilliant show. 
So, yeah. Um, what are we going to do next? Well, I'm smoking some giggly grass now. Yeah. And uh, as to what we're going to do next, in terms of what? I don't know. I know I've got to sort out my shop now because I've made it like a fucking a hurricane, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I've yes. got to sort it out again. Yes. Um, I've got a f- last few orders to finish off this week. Uh-huh. Um, so they can go off before Christmas and then make some more knives, as Stuart says. There's, there's always time to make more knives. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's all about how you use your time, isn't mm. it? And, you know, one thing that I want to say um, on this podcast right now is that this has been an incredible education. Mm. This whole experience, as stressful and as challenging and as time-consuming as it's been, mm. it has been a massive like level up in in terms of what I think I'm capable of and what I know I'm capable of now. Mm. And the thing is, that, that type of thing, you're only going to really learn if you go to shows and you look at other people's knives. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're working with Jack, you're comparing your work to Jack's work. Mm. And it's not really fair. I mean, Jack's been making knives for a long time. Yeah, sure. But it's pushing me harder. It's pushing you harder, yes. Yes. But it, it's just refreshing to see it's like... You, you actually, you, when you can see you actually made a lot of progress in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. I, I, uh, I still got a long way to go and I mm. still got a lot to learn, but I'm feeling more positive about what I'm doing. And, mm. you know, sometimes you make those mistakes that make you think, should I be doing this? <laughs> should I be doing this? Is this a wise choice? Well, I've still got all my fingers just. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I try to get my hands clean for the show, and it just didn't work out too great. These yeah. hands look like they got corona. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty hands, clean money. That's true. Mm. That's true. That was honest work. Mm. Yeah. Hard work. Honest hard work. Blood, sweat, and lots of tears. <laughs> yes. Talking of sweat, Henning Wilkinson mm. reached over my table to mm. grab one of your knives, I think it was. Mm. No, it was it was my kitchen knife that mm. he reached for. And uh, he, some sweat came off of his brow mm. and hit my uh, hunter <laughs> like directly on the handle. Mm. So Brendan Bielt will mm. be getting those knives for his two friends. Uh, my good friend Nathan Todd will be getting that specific one. Mm. Um, but it will have the sweat, quite literally, of a top level knife maker and he's a guild on its member handle, and he's a guild member. Mm. It's a great story for uh, Nathan Todd to remember. Yeah, yeah, it's a great story. So uh, definitely get involved. That I wonder if I wonder if uh, Henning Wilkinson would sell me his sweat so I could oil my hands with it. <laughs> he's going to ask you for a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can just like put some sort of sponge over his head for the entire day and just like work his balls off and like just make sure he gets you know all the sweat all over his body and he squeezes it into this mason jar and just fills it up and then brands it. Henning Wilkinson juice. <laughs> uh, you know what? He's, I'm just trying to find his answer quickly. His answer to what? His answer to that request. That question. Let me just. Uh, I have it right here on my phone. Are you going to phone him right now? No, I have the answer on my phone. Oh, I'm sure I do. Well, damn it, I don't. 
I don't know how you would have ants on your phone. How did, how did the answer sounds a bit like this? Suck. I don't have it on my phone. I don't have it on my phone either because, uh, look, it was sent to me when I was using my old phone. So no, mine was also on my old oh, phone. Oh, no. What a coincidence. Yeah. But, yeah. Fuck's <laughs> Brilliant. He got flipping um, Jason, Jason Knight to do it. No, he didn't say Futsake. He said, oh, no. Sisman. Sisman. Yeah. He said Sisman. Yeah. Yo, not Futsake. <laughs> uh, flip. Talking of Ether, uh, I told you that story the other day. I have to mention it again. Yeah. But uh, this uh, colored guy that I used to work with in the Western Cape, he was an incredible man. Mm. He knew what there was to know about the Karoo. Mm. Everything about it, he knew it all. In terms of uh, plants that can help you, in terms Mm. of plants you can eat, in terms of animal behavior, all these things. Incredible. So... We uh, had the baboons come into the garden the one day and, and they messed the farmhouse up and everything. They they are very destructive creatures. Yeah. But they're very intelligent, but they are very destructive. Mm. Like, they fuck things up for no reason. It was right? like, come, let's go over there and fuck it up. Yeah. They, they like, ripped our gutters to pieces. <laughs> and they just, like, they just sit on, like, tiny little tiny little fruit trees and they sit on the top of it and they break branches and shit. We had to, like... Like, uh, sort of, would graft be the right, right yeah, word graft. back? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we had to do that. And they just, they would pull things out of the ground and just one bite finished. You know, spinach mm. and all this stuff, like all sorts of things. Anyway, so Willem and I are complaining about this. And we're like, these bastards, they keep coming in here and stuffing everything up. And then we, we lose food, basically, because we used to farm our, basically our own your, food, produce our own veg- food. Veggies, yeah. Yeah, and chickens and pigs and things like that as well. Mm. So uh, anyway, he says, Yeah, la slum. Does yammer the eater can he whack me? <laughs> and I had such a laugh. I had such a laugh. It was yeah. so funny. Yeah, those guys down in the in the Cape, they've got a different, a next level way of describing mm. things. Eh? <laughs> They're so funny. I enjoy their humor. Mm. Um, shame, I actually must film. He mm. was such an incredible man. Always friendly, always encouraging, <clears throat> such a nice guy. And it's, it's that time you spend with people out in the bush, I think, that, that bring back fond memories. And you, you learn a lot about a person by spending time with them. In, in the in, bush, yeah. For, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing about spent, like the thing about camping, and, and I'm not talking about glamping, I'm talking about like camping. And sometimes roughing it is a good thing. Mm. Because it teaches you character. Well, it builds character in you. And it, it gives you a bit of appreciation for the modern comforts we live in. Yes, absolutely. But it's more than that. We, we're getting back to being able to connect with nature on mm. some sort of level, whether that's a spiritual level or whether that's just getting out there and having the experience of, you know, and I'm not saying don't glamp or don't have a good time don't stay in a chalet i'm not saying that i love that as much as the next guy but i also love 
roughing it. And I mean roughing it by being minimalistic in mm. what I'm taking and the comforts that I'm taking with me. And when I do bushcraft trips, mm. Um, mm. I like to go as basic as possible. Mm. And I'll take a few com- comfort items. Uh, obviously, you never compromise on sleep, right? And you never compromise on the white gold. The toilet paper <laughs> is important, right? Always make sure you got a spade, guys. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just leaving shit around. I mean, I, I used to, uh, when I still stayed in PE, my best friend from school, we still good chums. Um, me and his dad, we did a, quite a few trips to Southwest or to Namibia, um, fishing trips, and we would rough it. I mean, we he had a beach buggy with a Datsun motor in it and uh, spent, you know, a day and a half driving to Namibia in this beach buggy and everybody looking at these strange people in this funny fucking plastic car. Um, but most of the times, we would sleep in the desert because there's no one to fucking bother you there. We'd pop up our little two-man tents and uh, make a little fire so there's at least a, we can have some companionship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd bry our piece of horsey. And, uh, and that's not code for anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we used to save the fat from from uh, in the pan yes. from brying the horse. Mm-hmm. So that if we caught some fish, we would fry that fish in that brew horse fat, and it is just stunning. I can imagine. And there's something about waking up in the middle of the desert where there's like there's like fuck all around, but there's not fuck all around. I mean, we yeah. stopped once driving through uh, Saucy's Clay through Solitaire. And they'd had rain about a couple of weeks before that. And it looks like it's just sand and rocks and shit. But when we stopped and looked, there was grass, dry grass. But it was probably about, you know, four inches, 10 centimeters long. But the whole place was just covered with this grass that you don't really see because you're going at 120 k's an hour on gravel road in a beach buggy, rattling your false teeth out. Not that we have them. <laughs> but we, we live s- simply, you know, we used to stop at the camping grounds um, and we'd pay the, gu- the guard there and then we could go and have a shower. So uh, our uh, our normal thing was when we stopped at, at a town to get beer because you, you have to have a few basic essentials in the beach buggy. Peanut butter for Samis, coffee and condemned milk or condensed milk for the coffee. Condemned <laughs> You always got to have a packet of horsey because we're not the best fishermen. And then the next thing is beer and a bottle of old brown sherry. So when we used to stop in town and go into the bottle store, if the people left when we walked in, we know we had to stop and get a shower. <laughs> wow. Okay. That sounds good. But it, it's, it's, it, it teaches you a lot, though. It but, definitely You know, spending that time out in, in, in the desert, you know, we used to leave bits of, of um, pilchards out, like right close to the tents for the jackal to see how close the jackal would come in at night while you're sleeping. Did you try pissing around your camp to prevent them? No, we didn't want to prevent them. No, I know you didn't, but did you measure it? Did you see if that thing worked? That's what I'm trying to say. No, we never tried it. Oh, shit. Yeah. But what's nice is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you take your spade under your arm and and the the roll of bog roll, you go up onto a sand dune and you dig yourself a hole there and you sit out with a view over the whole desert and... uh, Drop Robert and you feel like the king of the world. Yes. Because you're taking the dump at the freshest part of the day and <laughs> you have control in that moment. Mm. 
you have control whether it's coming out at a controlled rate or a yeah. fast rate. <laughs> you know, you've got that control at that time of the morning. Mm. And uh, you got the breeze on your sack. You know, you've got a lot going for you in that moment. So things mm. seem more possible. Yeah. And normally uh, we go for about, you know, 10 days to two weeks. Um, but every single time, you know, Sylvian does all the driving and, and I'm the shitty navigator. Because every single trip we've had to do a, like a 100k detour on gravel because of my cock navigation. I'll miss a turn or something. But every single detour we've done, we've seen something interesting. I mean, we rode behind an art fork, which is a, is it a, a, is it, what is it? It's, it's a pig family, art fork, but it eats, um, it's, uh, eats ants. It eats ants. Yeah. Yeah. But we followed it at night on this gravel road and Mm. it was wandering along, minding its own fucking business. That was one of them. Another time. We came across a silver fox, which is like <laughs> silver fox. I'll tell you a story about that now. They are literally, or oh, it's silver fox or cave fox. They they're tiny, man. They're probably about you know ten inches, twenty centimeters at the shoulder. Is that the general fox that we find here in South Africa? Not the bat-eared fox. I look. I I oh the bat-eared fox. Okay, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But the silver they're fox. They're so cute. Those things. Yeah, they are. But they're this adorable. thing we we. we Came around, we saw the eyes because it was at night time. So we mm. stopped and we swung the lights over, and this thing was hiding behind a stone. And he pops his head up, we still leave. Put his head up. Then he pops his head up. But you know, it's those little moments that make a trip, you know. Was this the silver fox that did Yeah, that? the silver fox or Cape Fox. So that's found Cape down. Cape Fox. Yeah, it's found down okay. the Western Cape Coast from from Namibia. So all it was there probably in Tosrafir as well. Mm. It's a shame I didn't see one. I, I saw. Unfortunately, it was a poached um, animal that yeah. that had been caught in, in, the, in the trap, mm. in the, in the snare, and we were pulling snares, and we came across this in in the bush, and um, it was unfortunate because it was a blue dacre. Oh, that's my favorite animal. It, I've been was, charged by it. It was a blue dacre. Look, I didn't know what it was, but mm. Jeffrey said. This is a blue dike, and, and he knew his stuff. So, and blue dike are endangered; they're mm. critically endangered mm. because, you know, when uh, people poach with snares, it's normally the first animal that's caught. Or if they poach with dogs, it's the first animal that runs around because it's it's literally got a home area of about two hundred square meters. That's it. That's the area it stays in. Um, on my friend Sylvian's farm, he's got he set up a couple of trail cams. And he's got at least three different mating pairs that he's caught on camera. So he puts his camera up in different spots. And they literally live in like a 200 square meter area. That's the area they live in. You've just given me an amazing idea. Okay. And I know it's been done before, but I want to do it. I don't give a hell that it's been done before. But... I want to I want to mention something uh, for our listeners that are that are listening in here. Okay, I'm going to get to my idea in a mm. few seconds. Mm. But there is a company called uh, Down to the Wire. Yeah. These guys are sacrificing so much to be out there in the bush looking for snares, mm. and what they are doing is they are taking these these machines of death 
and they are turning them into something beautiful, which is mm. jewelry. Yeah. And they're selling this. My girlfriend bought some from them, and I've been liaising with them uh, for a while about a project that I'm still meaning to try and accomplish in some way or another yeah. um, to make a, a Damascus out of it. But then Jack said to me, <laughs> it's going to be a mission to clean all of those things and mm. try and get a consistent weld. Mm. So I'm trying to think about how to incorporate this into a knife mm. and and so, somewhat sell that or raffle it off and contribute to that mm. charity. Yeah. Well, it's, there's there's many ways to skin the cat. It, you don't have to put it into the blade. I mean, there's a handle, there's a guard. There's this a, is the thing. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Incorporate it into a knife in some way mm. that that – or, or even if I don't incorporate snare wire, it would be amazing if I could, and I'm sure mm. I can. Mm. But like for specific animals, you could have like a an endangered species. Like you know, we all know about the rhino. Mm. We all know about the the elephants mm. and things like that. But I don't believe. Look, I could be wrong, and I know it is still going on. But I don't think the elephants are as much of a concern. Mm. as what the look i could be wrong about that so please don't quote me on that but i think the rhino at the moment is is a bit big concern and there's lots of other animals that are endangered I mean, for sure if you look at the blue diker it's critically endangered mm. and there's not that much research on it because the thing is so fucking small i mean i think fully grown it's about four and a half five kilos yeah yeah, and they are such big animal. They are such beautiful animals. I mean, as I said, I've been when I was hunting on Sylvian's farm um, for bushbuck. I've been charged by a blabuki. I was crawling up through the thorn bushes to get up onto a ridge to look down onto a valley, and this thing barked at me and then came running out the bush. But I don't think he knew exactly where I was. He obviously heard me coming through the bush because I'm like a fucking bull in a china shop <laughs> but he came out and he like did this handbrake turn and off down the hill and uh then another time i was hunting i was walking through the valley along he's got this perennial stream that runs sort of above the ground for a while and then it goes under the ground and above the ground and i was just sitting there watching this small opening and a little blue dike or blow book he came out bunched a bit of grass drank a bit of water it, it didn't have a clue i was there and it wandered off and then I went up, went up the hill, sat on there, and just relaxed because that had just made my whole weekend. You know, it actually made my whole hunting season just seeing that blowbokey, and I didn't even know I was there. And I was literally not even five meters from it. Brilliant. Yeah, and th that's the thing because they're so um, they live in such a small you know area, and they're so small, and the area they live in is normally densely wood. There's very little research that's on the blowdiker. And uh, they are critically endangered. Yes. Yes. And it's uh, these things are something um, – and I know a lot of people are, so I don't want to sell mm. sell myself here. But I'm saying I'm, I'm very passionate about it because I've done some anti-poaching in the past mm. with my good friend uh, Jeffrey from Rangers Reserve. And um, it's – there's lots of people that are dedicating their lives to helping mm. uh, stop these atrocities that are happening. And they're putting their lives on the line because, they I mean, are. these guys, a lot of the poachers are armed with AK-47s. They are. And, it's and, warfare out there. And and a lot of them have uh, previous military training. Okay, so I, didn't, I didn't know that, but yeah. I'm sure there's bigger guys in the operation that yeah. are, 
or getting these guys to get involved. Mm. And um, that's the problem is mm. finding the guys who are actually responsible for the operation. Because mm. yeah, the guys on the ground, um, it doesn't, you know, if you take them out, um, they're just going to be replaced with more because the market's still there. The kingpins are still yeah. there. Yeah. And those guys on the ground aren't making the money. Yeah. Oh, they're making some money or whatever, but it's the guys at the top that are making And a lot of them are also incredibly skilled trackers and they mm. know what to do in the bush. Mm. So, look, some of them aren't, mm. that's for sure. Mm. Um, but it's it's an incre- incredibly dangerous job for the guys who are doing anti-poaching mm. and involved in conservation. Mm. Um it, they they sacrifice a lot of the time, a lot of their time, and whether that's uh, places like Ukatula where they do uh, research into how to help lions and so on from different mm. aspects, um, TB is one of them, mm. I think, and uh, they're trying to, or, or was it anthrax? Sorry. No, it's TB. Is it? It's TB because um, the I think Buffalo and Kruger, some of them are TB carriers. Yeah. And the problem is that there's no way of actually determining whether a lion or an animal has TB without actually slaughtering the animal. Oh, sucks. Mm. I had a, a friend of mine from Varsity. He's one ex-girlfriend. Um, she Surely you could take a blood sample, though. No. She she was doing her, her – she was studying uh, veterinary science at Ornestapuert. Uh, and she actually came down to Addo Elephant Park at BE to go. They were doing some captures. Um, and they were doing blood sampling and things like that. Uh, spe- 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 that specifically on uh, Kudu. in Because in, uh, Kudu is one of the big, one of the, the quite prolific animals in Addo. Um, prolific. Prolific, yes. <laughs> Besides all the fucking elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Jack would love that place, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's interesting what's happened to, to Adder because they've released lion in there now because they never used to have lion. And uh, most of the animals used to live in the thick bush. I mean, the kudu, even the impala and stuff like that. But since the lions have been introduced, the people are seeing more of the antelope in the open because now they've got a predator to watch out for. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. There, there was a whole discussion on Joe Rogan's podcast about the the debate whether certain animals that have been uh, like extinct in certain areas or wiped out in mm. certain areas mm. should be reintroduced. Mm. And there was that whole video about the Yellowstone National mm. Park, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they reduced, they re- reintroduced wolves. Yes. And the problem is, if you don't control the number of the predators, it's it's going to get out of hand. But now there was a debate about this, which mm. I found interesting because both parties had a uh, interesting perspective on it. Because mm. if I remember, if I remember correctly, Joe was saying, "But is it now a good idea?" And I could be misquoting this, mm. but I think Joe was saying, "Is it now a good idea to have these animals reintroduced to an area where they've been extinct for?" Not extinct worldwide, but extinct from that area mm. or wiped out from that area for, let's say, 50, 60 years. Mm. Um, could it be interfering with how people live and things like that, mm. which I don't necessarily agree with. Mm. You see, the problem The problem, what happens is um, I think it was on Cam Haynes, with, when Cam, ha- Cam Haynes was on mm. um, 
Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said the problem is that they reintroduce the wolves or or the predators, and the idea behind it is once they get to a certain number, that they will be able to control the numbers through hunting. Well, this and the is problem the is that the 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 yeah, I environmentalists mm. or whatever, then then say, oh no, but you can't shoot them in, or you can't control the numbers, mm. and then it becomes a problem for the cattle farmers and the the game farmers and things well, like that. This is this is the thing. This is mm. the whole thing that they were talking about, mm. and I think you and I watch the same podcast. Yeah, we were listening to it when you were hand sanding. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So so um, the whole thing about this is that I don't. I'm not leaning toward any side. I mm. think it is, I, in my opinion, I think it is, might be a good idea. Look, I'm not educated on how it would infect the environments and so on and so on and so on. I'm sure there would be effects mm. and I can think of some, but I'm not going to get into that. But the point here is both arguments have their reasons and it's mm. interesting. But I'm kind of thinking that... Uh, it depends how it's handled, as yeah. you're talking about. If they, I just want to make this point, mm. if they do allow uh, those animals back into those areas and they reintroduce it, I think there are definitely positives to that. Yes, However, yeah. now you have a potential problem if not maintained. Yeah. So things like hunting them in that area where people will be like driving home and they'll be like, oh, cool, there's a wolf in the road. That's mm. incredible. Look at that. Now they see it as something that they don't want to hunt. But maybe some guys do want to hunt. But as long as it's supporting the system mm. of having animals in their original environments. You see, America's got a very good system when it comes to the hunting where, where you actually they allocate a, num- a certain number of tags for the animals per year based on, on the population. So <clears throat> if there's a large population or something like that, then they issue more tags. But um, if there's not a large population, obviously there's less tags. Yes. So it's managed in a very, a very good way. I'm sure it is. Mm. I'm sure it is. Look, the, I've, I think the Americans have got a very healthy view, mm. a lot of them at mm. least, have got a very healthy view on hunting. And, mm. uh, and I see a lot of the guys there using the animals – for primitive projects and all sorts of things, which mm. I so am down with. Like, I'm mm. so good with – I'm so on board with that mm. because you're using as much of the animal as you can. Mm. They're using the bones, making bone needles, making all sorts of bone tools, mm. and they're using all of these things, which is how it used to be, and that's how it's supposed to be, in my opinion. Mm. Look, I'm not saying that shooting an animal just for the meat is mm. great. It's great. That's mm. that's acceptable, hundred percent. But what I'm sa- trying to say is, these guys are using them for all sorts of things. Yeah, there's one of one of my customers, Earl. Um, that's that that mini gladius dag I'm I'm busy with. Yes. Um, he's a uh, part Native American, American Indian, or whatever. Is that right? Wow. But he he does flint napping of arrowheads, and he also makes different. This is a South African guy. No, he's American guy. Okay. Yeah, but. It's a, he stays in the States, obviously, but um, he does a lot of these reenactments and he dresses up in the tribal wear and he makes the traditional leather clothing mm. and the cordage and things. And he, as I said, he does flint napping of arrowheads and he makes different little trinkets out of the bones and things like that. Um, so that's Incredible. nice. It's nice to see the people using 
using as much of the animal as possible. Yeah, and, and understanding where the mindset of mankind was at that point, you must remember that every problem that you're facing mm. when you practicing a primitive skill, mm. and when I say primitive, I mean the flint napping, mm. working with uh, rawhide and sinew and not using any modern materials mm. to accomplish various tasks, using primitive glues and mm. things like that you start getting into the mindset of our ancestors. Mm. And that is an incredible, incredible way of looking at life. Mm. To live like that for a certain period of time mm. while on DMT mm. would be an extremely <laughs> profound <laughs> experience for you mm. because you would be putting yourself in another level mm. and also getting into a mindset of, from which we came. Mm. And I mean, I, I've spoken about it before, that uh, panel debate that they had with these guys talking about the psilocybin research. Mm. And one of the guys works with the shamans that do the ayahuasca in, in South America. And he relayed a message that he wanted, the shamans had given him, and they said that, that mankind is, is losing its connection with the, the consciousness of, of nature. Um. And I think we need to reconnect. And I think I told you earlier, uh, I think I told you yesterday, Prince Harry was... This was today. It was, was today, yeah. Prince Harry here. said that, you know, it's, it's all, in all likelihood that corona, the, the pandemic, is maybe a, a sign from, from nature to say, hey, you need to get your shit in order. Look, it could be. I, I like to look at it that way because I like to think there's a connection. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I know. Obviously, it's a, it's a very sensitive subject mm. because people have been affected by it so, mm. so viciously, and it's an incredibly bad thing to have happened. Mm. But I also think that we've got to look at it for what it is. Mm. It shows us the the fragile nature of our system mm. and Us. how modern life works and how it can be disrupted with one year of pure chaos and people losing their jobs and family members getting coronavirus and getting sick and dying and people who've committed suicide and battled with you know and financial problems and things like this losing mm. businesses mm. i mean it's incredibly sad just to notice all the shops that you used to go to mm. that have closed down mm. and they just couldn't make it through mm. And everything was but fine before that, or maybe they were struggling, but they were just making ends meet. And the thing is, it's the, those couple of small businesses, or those small businesses that closed. How many households did they support? Um, small family-run businesses. I mean, you know, it, it it affects so many people. It does. It does. Look, and I and I know there's a lot of negatives to it, but I think we can learn a lot of positives mm. from it. I think we should learn to appreciate the time that we have with our loved ones. Mm. That's the big one because you can't appreciate them. You, you don't appreciate them until they've really gone. Mm. And that's that's something that's becoming very evident to me over the time that I've lost loved ones. Now, more mm. recently, uh, I, I lost my uh, grand from my mother's side. Mm. And... Um, you know, it's a it's a part of life, and it's something that, unfortunately, we all have to come to terms with our mm. mortality. Mm. But the thing about it is that 
we can take a lot from this experience and learn that life can be worse. Mm. And it gives you some perspective as to what you should be appreciating. Are you letting life whiz past you or are you actually living your life? Yeah. And I think I think we need to, to, to build slightly or build better communities, you know, where, where we've got support structures for, for our fellow man. Mm. I agree with that because yeah. if, you know, in times like this, you see a lot of bad, but you mm. also see people uh, trying to help. Mm. And, and you mean, see, you see people genuinely understanding the nature of people's suffering and what they're going through, yeah. and they start contributing. They start helping. Mm. Like not everybody's in their position to help, mm. but for those of us who can, mm. we should definitely get involved with helping people in this mm. difficult time. Mm. Definitely. I want the fire stick. Oh, you want the fire stick? Sorry, no. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do some philosophical discussion. Oh, heavens. I need to blow Trenton's mind again. Oh, man. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm high again, though, dude. Title of a sex tape. I don't know whether I should laugh or just go, ah. <laughs> I ended up laughing. <laughs> So, what mm. are you wanting to discuss? You seem like you have a definite uh, discussion on board. I don't have one, actually. But I, I, I feel like we need to discuss deeply philosophical things. I've oh, got the word right for a change. Goodness. Yeah, well, you did. Mm. You've been saying it more often. Mm. And oh, just a quick mention. Yeah. Um, Tim and I had decided this while we were working on Brooklyn mm. Life Show. Mm. But, uh, Tim... I have to say this is a this is an intervention and uh, this whole podcast has been aimed around this to get to this point. Mm. David Goggins challenge is back on. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been leading you up to this moment, brother. <laughs> I said to mm. Tim uh during the the whole thing that we have to every time he mentions David Goggins we yeah. have to take it seriously, man. And we have to do he, 20 push-ups. He, he mentions it all the time. And mm. I think to myself, if you did press-ups as much as you did talking about David Goggins, you'd be doing a David Goggins yeah. and doing push-ups every time you thought about it mm. or every time you mentioned it. Mm. Right? Talking of which, I'm going to do mine right now. Yeah, well, you, I'll keep entertaining the people. and uh, I'm doing mine right now. I'm doing my David, David Goggins challenge. Yeah. Get involved, guys. Open half cast David Goggins challenge. Get involved, David Goggins. You can do 350 in one go, right? Yeah. I'll be uh, doing 20 because mm. I'm a beginner. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. One. Two. <coughs> <coughs> Cough the other lung up. Six. Keep him entertained. Yeah, so um, oh. one time on Bandcamp. <laughs> I think this could be a very good challenge because I've been so fucking lazy lately. I haven't been on the road to get um, exercise in for a while. Let me, just, let me go check David my Strava. Challenge completed. And look, that's probably no flipping uh, compliments to David Goggins because yeah. he can probably do, as I say, 351 go. He could probably do 20 push ups one handed. Yeah, well, yeah, and still call you a bitch. He could probably <laughs> do it from his dick. Like oh, just... <laughs> you know, it is 
It is now the 6th of December as we're recording this. And the last time I went for a run was on the 3rd of November. Wait, what's the time? No, it's the 6th of December. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you were saying it's now. Like we've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the 6th of December. The last time I went for a run was the 3rd of November. So. Oh, right. Six of the, yeah, 6th of December so was I need the to end get, of the Brooklyn Marsh. Right. Yeah, so let me just get my earphone out. I'm going to do my 20 push-ups. Right. Directly after the Brooklyn Marsh show. We don't take no breaks. Yeah. Right. Let's see if I can get this done. So David Goggins. Here we go. Set the challenge for us. Set Two. the number. Set it to complement the strength that you have, brother. So if that's 500 push-ups, <laughs> then please set the challenge. We're going to tag you in this, brother. We admire you. <laughs> You're a crazy motherfucker, dude. Ooh, struck a leg, bossa. Twenty. Twenty, bossa. Well done, dude. Well done. Five snakes, Bill and Ted. I'm not going to say his name for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I'm stuffed. But David Goggins, seriously, set the challenge for us, brother. Mm. Then we'll try and complete it. And if mm. we can't, we need to get there, brother. <laughs> yeah. no, it's it's official. We're starting this right yeah. now. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. We need to take another video tomorrow. Yeah. David, we'll probably talk about you again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But um, not this evening. <laughs> we, we can't mention your name too many more times. Yeah. I might be dead. Mm. But yes, set the challenge, brother. Yeah. Set the challenge. Give us a number. You know, we send, gonna... send us a video, tag us on Open Art Cast. <laughs> we'll share that. Don't tell him to do that because he will. <laughs> I wonder if Joe would get involved with this as well. We should make it a thing, the David Goggins challenge. Yeah. We need to get David on board, though, because he needs to set the challenge. Mm. It's important that the reach gets out there. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, we're going to make a video tomorrow morning. I hope he replies. He will. He will? <laughs> I'm sure he will. I think so. Yeah, he doesn't he back down like from... He cool dude. He doesn't back down from challenge. <laughs> That's brilliant, dude. So, yeah, while we're talking about challenges... Yes, 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 yes. Talk, talk to me about... Get challenges. my breath back. Ooh. There's an ultra marathon in South Africa, mm. which isn't, it isn't televised, mm -hmm. but it is called the Washi 100. The what? The Washi 100. Washi 100. It's a 100-mile road race. Oh, jeepers. That I've... It's always inspired me. And uh, I think I need to set a goal. I'm not going to do it next year. Fuck that. Too close. <laughs> it's 100 miles. But they only have about 200 people that run it every year. Um, and it's not a closed road, road race. It's a... It's open. There's no, they don't have water tables and things like that. I wonder if Mike Henning has, has uh, run that. He might have. We could go and check. We could ask Jamie, but Jamie's tired now from doing his push-ups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie's very tired. But it's it's something that I've wanted to do. You know, we have the Comrades Marathon, which is also ultra, but there's too many people for me. I mean, 20,000 people running. Jeepers, that's a lot of sweaty balls. Yeah. Not just balls. No, sure, sure. sure. But there's there's a lot of chicks that – I think most of them would beat me. I'm sure a lot of them would beat mm. me too. I mean, there's there's a lot of chicks out there who are good runners and they, they are very, very fit. 
Um, so, yeah, that wasn't meant to be uh, mm. sexist so, in any way. So I think I should aim for 2022 to run the washi. 2022? Yeah. That sounds like a good plan, brother. Because it's normally about a month or so after Comrades. Mm. And uh, so that's probably June, July, somewhere around there. So it gives me a year and a half to train, 400 mm. miles. It's more than enough time. I mean, I've done a couple of half marathons. That's only 21, so. I'm a pretty bad runner. No, that's fine. You'll, you'll have to be the crew. I'll 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 uh, I'll come record you for the open half cast. Yeah, we'll get you to wear a big logo of the open half cast on your, on your chest. I'll just get a tattoo on my back because I'll probably be running, I won't be running the shit. Jeepers, creepers! <laughs> That's a dedication to you. Mm. Next minute we like fighting. You're like fuck you, Trent. Yeah, it, it can it can be just underneath underneath my tattoo that says not today. Not today. Not mm. today. Mm. Not saying his name. Yeah, but saying his name. Yeah, I need to get my fat ass back on the road and get some miles. Because you were doing good at yeah. one point, brother. Yeah, I've done. I'll tell you what my Strava says, but my goal was to run a thousand miles this year, and I'm fucking so far off of it. So, but I was doing well near the beginning of lockdown. I mean, I had I ran a, a half marathon in January. I'd entered two half marathons for. For April, but then the whole fucking lockdown came and that screwed that cat. So let's see, where am I for the year? Uh, Perspoor, three hundred ninety-six kilometers this year. Ooh. So I think I need I need to get to five hundred before the end of the year. I think, uh, yeah, I need to get into that shit. Mm. What app are you using? Strava. Strava. Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, looks like it. Uh, just looks like it. Again, how does it measure your uh, your progression? Uh, okay, if I get the right watch, then it can measure your heartbeat and everything. But it, it records all your runs. So I run with my phone, and it, the GPS just tracks the the route I go. And then you can maybe you should get Strada involved and get a get a sponsorship. Hey Strada, how about that? Strava. Strava. So, mm. Excuse me. Maybe yeah, you're yeah. a bit stoned, so <laughs> you can yeah, excuse me. yeah. Well. If they're not okay with that, then um, that's too bad, guys. But yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, I think twenty twenty two is my year, dude. Do it. Mm. So yeah, that's that's a big challenge. Mister DG would approve. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe you could even invite him to come around with us. I would love him to do that. Mm. That would be incredible. Because Maybe we can uh, uh, make enough for you, David Goggins. With you etched running right. on the blade. Yeah, and say Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> on the other side of the blade. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way. We can do that. Yeah. We, we can, can do a Jeffrey, big mm. one. Mm. And uh and and you can help with some of the processes. Mm. If, if we do it yeah. Sanma, then I could actually engrave it on it. Ooh. Yeah, because Sanma is soft at the yeah. on the on the blade, but mm. hard at the cutting edge, yeah. Yeah. You, you said on this uh, Bowie that you've got right here on this table. Mm. Uh, if you guys want to see that, uh, check it out on, on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram and Facebook. It's incredible. Mm. Maple Bull handle stained multiple times. Yeah, three triple dyed. Triple dyed. Uh, reds, greens, and what else have we got in there? Yellows in there. Yellows in there as well. Mm. Stunning. 
Um, Tim actually finished this, uh, would you say, about two da- two and a half days? Yeah, it's about a day and a, it was about a day and a half forging because I forged yeah. it all by hand. And then it was a day after heat treatment after heat treatment to grind the flats, the fullers, the, the false so, edge, fit the handle, fit the guard, glue it all together. So that's two days then, eh? Two and a half days because it's a day and a half for That's what forging. I said. Yeah. Two and a half days. Right, so... He cracked that out. I, I said to him, dude, that's very ambitious. Mm. And I was watching this and I was thinking, mm, I don't think he's going to have it ready for the first day of the show. Sorry to doubt you like that, <laughs> brother. But I was just like, I do not see how. But I remember, and, and, and you just knocked it out like a champ. I mean, I remember posting it, the, the picture of the blade before I started grinding on it. And I, and I posed the question. I said, should I do a fuller and should I do a hollow grind false edge? And Michelle said, what size wheel? I said, 25. I said, yeah, do a fuller. And I said, I'm waiting for the boss, which is my wife. And I asked her, fuller and a hollow ground false edge? She said, yes. And Michelle says, well, she's not putting you under much pressure then, is she? <laughs> oh, man. It was good to meet Michelle's one. Yeah, that actually. He's too. a wise man. Mm. He's a, and his wife is an incredibly lovely person, and, and that, she's very skilled. That jewelry that she does, making that glass jewelry. I bought uh, two pendants for my uh, girlfriend, mm. and she absolutely loved the little glass elephant that mm. I, pendant that I got for a sterling silver chain, and it really was worthwhile because. Mm wasn't all that expensive for the mm. quality and handmade stuff that you're mm. getting i was expecting way more mm. Very, yeah, so look, Michelle, i know it's glass jewelry but it's incredible craftsmanship you need to discuss your your wife's pricing and i think she could be jar- definitely charging more for her work for the uh, next giveaway we'll flip and throw that in <laughs> we're like you can give your wife this <laughs> eh? we'll yeah. support michelle's one and his mm. wife mm. talented people for sure yes and uh, lovely people as well. Yeah, it's great to have them in your friend circle. It really is. It mm. really is. He's a wise man as well. Very, very uh, talented man. Mm. Um, many skills. Many skills. He's common to work his next level as well. Absolutely. And he's mm. got great ideas and, and, mm. and great advice for how to even set up your workshop. Mm. He was talking to me about how to utilize space better in the mm. workshop. He was saying, dude, it's not about space. It's how you use the space. Mm. You got to set up to work around your shop in a way that's most efficient for you. Mm. And um, just a wise old cat. Mm. I think it's all the time he spends uh, out in the bush. Yeah. I mean, he's got the privilege of, you know. He's connected with nature. Yeah, he, he goes, I feel comfortable as fuck if I didn't know anything about the bush and I was with him. Mm. Well, he goes, you know, just about every single night, he'll go and sit on the, one of the water tanks Yeah, with his camera and his binoculars and he'll scan out. I hope he's having a whiskey while doing that. Uh, no, I think it's normally brandy and coke, actually. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, he's, he's like... Grant would probably be having a whiskey. Yeah, a whiskey, yeah. Yeah. And he's got a just system going on there. <laughs> like, if we could turn Grant's flipping TV room area and bar area into a podcast one day, like, I want that set up in my mm-hmm. podcast studio. What a time, dude. I think we should speak to him. We're going to have to make a plan. We've got to go through there, dude. Mm-hmm. We've got to go through there. I think we need Grant on board for a podcast for freaking sure. Mm. Uh, he's also so 
arty and he's got an incredible uh, skill set, mm. really. And he's and, such an amazing guy. And the fact that he studied philosophy, that just... Oh, now you, go, now you want to bring me down this rabbit hole when I'm stoned. <laughs> look, I love it. And, and I... Look... Sorry, Tim, I, I'll mm. cut you off a bit there. I just mm. want to say something real quick on, on, on Grant and philosophy. Mm. Uh, I think I told you about this. And, mm. and um, Grant and I were talking about, look, we were having a fun discussion. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody what Grant believes and so on, because mm. if there's anybody who does object, I don't want, mm. you know, any anything. Mm. Like, it's it's Grant's, Grant's decision. But mm. basically, he was saying to me like we were talking about the belief in god versus not believing in god mm. and i was talking about my personal beliefs and mm. look the honest truth is you're putting faith in something that is mm. not tangible mm. you can't you can't see it you can see it in in my opinion you can see it in nature you can see it in creation for sure mm. um that's my perspective and that's mm. my opinion mm. and Everybody has the right to uh, to discuss that opinion, mm. but um, I think people get pretty amped up about it. Mm. But and here's the thing: we were discussing mm. we were discussing this, and he was being the devil's advocate. Mm. He wasn't saying yes, he wasn't saying no, but he was saying, "What proof do you have?" And I said, "Well, nature, you know, the the way things are so incredibly complex mm. and work out in accordance with the laws of nature." Mm. Or against them to to be in a look. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to get involved. But there's there's um, there's creatures that do incredibly intelligent things, and mm. that are incredibly intelligent. Dolphins, whales, mm. elephants, dogs, and bees. Yeah, all these incredibly complex creatures mm. that we try to measure from our understanding of intelligence, mm. which is entirely unfair. Mm. You you can't. You can't say, oh, well, because I, maybe to monkeys, we fucking dumb as fuck. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing, guys? You're destroying the earth. Like, mm. this is our home, guys. Can you mm. not understand this? Yeah. Like, you know, who knows? Flipping parrots could be like pimps, I don't yeah. know, in their own world. It's like a system of parrots that, like, give you cocaine and fuck you up if you don't pay their bills. And they're like, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe lovebirds are like, opium dealers who knows <laughs> i don't know in their own world but the, the thing is with grant is squirrels he... sell acorns no they don't maybe they snort them. shrooms man oh shrooms of course why wouldn't they they bury the acorns to grow the shrooms that's it yeah but the thing i love and about pine cones pine cones so pine trees have a definite correlation between uh, psilocybin mushrooms mm. and uh and because what happens is the the psilocybin mushrooms, from what I understand, generally uh, grow around uh, pine trees or okay. or evergreen trees. Okay. This uh, I think it's also called uh, coniferous trees. I could be mistaken. I'm, I'm not sciencey. I'm an engineer, you know. I think that's correct. But yeah. like all the pine trees, basically. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not all the pine trees, but majority. Anyway. So there's a direct correlation between the two. Interesting. The thing I like about Grant is, you know, because he's got that philosophy background, is that he can argue any point from any perspective. Yes, and he's not deaf. He's, he's, look, he's definite in his argument. Mm. And it's very enlightening mm. to listen to it because mm. 
It gives you a different perspective on things. It does. It does, and it's healthy. Yes. Perspective is so healthy. Mm. Um, and and he he talks about it in a way that really makes you think. Mm. Look, if you're going to be a type of person who takes offense to those kinds of discussions, don't get into them. Mm. But the thing is, just to have a, 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 a serious discussion, but a playful discussion in he's mm. not arguing to be argumentative, mm. but he's actually arguing just to make you think. Yeah. And that's what's so exhilarating about the whole exercise. And we, we spend so much time talking about this. And it's and not really... For a, every point I made, mm, he had a, a counter-argument. Mm. And it's, it's, it's not really an argument. It's more of no, a... No, it's not an argument. It's more of a debate, mm. which, is, which is really cool. It's, Having it's healthy a discussion. healthy exercise of perspective. Mm. That's what it is. And seeing somebody else's opinion mm. or, or viewpoint... Mm. Um, is 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 healthy mm. just got to re- remove your look you can always walk away from that conversation still believing what you did originally mm. you do not have to get into fights about it unless somebody's like being offensive towards you and mm. really insulting what it is that you believe mm. that is not up to anybody else but you mm. because it's your choice you're a free individual you can do what you and this is not a promotion for flipping freedom as much as I believe in that. Mm. I'm just saying, everybody's got their right to believe what they want to believe. Yeah, and I, th- I think... As long as they're not hurting anybody, mm. yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. Yeah, I think the thing is, with, with the social media where it is now, you know, people get away with saying shit that they wouldn't say to someone in, in person. And it, some of the platforms like Twitter, it becomes very... Oh, Twitter's like a cesspool for that. Man. A cesspool, it, it, it is. And, you know... Alex- it's like a whole bunch of hateful people on there. Look, there's a whole bunch of good people on there, I'm sure, too. But but it's interesting, that the perspective of Lex Friedman, because he's an AI specialist, he says... And he's had this discussion... He's a smart dude. He's had this discussion with Joe Rogan where he says he doesn't think it's a, po- a problem with the population. He thinks it's a pro- he's a problem with... It's the problem with... Uh, AI, the artificial intelligence, which, you know, ra- raises certain things higher in your feed or whatever, like, something like that, or algorithms and things like that. I'm and not going to get into algorithms. You know, Last time I get it, got into algorithms, Niels is like, what the fuck do you know you about algorithms? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, Niels. I actually don't know anything about algorithms. It's just a rumor. It's a rumor. Anyway, so but, Niels, you know, he's, he's, I learned from that. The thing is, you know... Um, the problem with any social media pr- platform is that the vocal minority get all the, sh- the shine. They get all the, the, the exposure when the, the people that want to have meaning, they, they just get blurted out, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a ma- the, oh, well, let me not say majority, let me not generalize. Mm-hmm. Let me say there's a lot of people that, um, I totally forgot my point now. I think there's a lot of a lot more vocal hateful people mm. than there are lo- vocal positive people. Look, there's obviously mm. many uh, inspirational people out there mm. who are very vocal about their positivity and so mm. on, and and they're just not, or they're just uh, an audience that's generally mm. uh, positive. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, you get these assholes out mm. there essentially. Well, mm. And no want of a better word. That mm. is what they are. Mm. 
they maybe they're jealous or they they have issues because of unresolved things in their past or things that have happened to them and they just haven't done any self-evaluation to figure mm. out that i've actually got issues i need help mm. um or they're just cunts sorry to <laughs> use the word but that's what it is and they're just looking for drama mm. we were talking about that today mm. some people just thrive on drama yeah they love it mm. Nothing else can beat it. Yeah. And if they're breaking, I think it's rule number four. Don't be a doist, just be lacquer. <laughs> That's a great sticker. Yeah. Don't be a doist, just be lacquer. Yeah. That's a great sticker. That's the next set, guys. Mm. It's happening. Yeah, there's a there's a there's another one I wanna put that I, I put the voice note on our on our um EKS group. Um And the, uh, here's another idea for a mm. sticker, quick quick. Yeah. Is we're going to do the David Goggins challenge? If we get David Goggins on board, David Goggins, excuse mm. me, if we get him on board, we're going to make a sticker. Mm. He's going to do a promotion picture. Mm. Are we going to get it done, man? That other sticker I said, it's going to say caution of Achtung, uh, carefully in progress. <laughs> that we're going to put up by our grinder so that when people come into our shop and they see we're carefully, not to fucking give us a fright. And as soon as your grinding machine goes on, the red light goes on. And it says caution, caution at work. Yeah, carefling in progress. <laughs> carefling in progress. As long as it's not coitus in progress. <laughs> coitus interruptus. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bad book. So reptile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, reptile dysfunction. So uh, uh, you guys heard about that joke, right? Yeah, I'm sure you've told it before. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a good joke. Um, <laughs> I told Dean that bad one. I told you on the last podcast. He was like laughing. He's like, dude, where do you get these jokes, man? I'm so glad Dean came through to the show on, on Saturday. He's a nice He's guy. He's a legend. I love that guy. Yeah. He's my brother, man. He's my brother. I've met Dean about, uh, ooh, probably about, uh, what? About eight years ago, somewhere mm. around there. And we've just got along from day one and the fact that he just he, he he was there before the show actually officially opened and he spent the whole day with us you know the entire day like a legend yeah he said to me dude you're trying to do this i want to be there for you you're a good mm-hmm. mate of mine yeah. and i you know it's because i'm a loving guy and i i sometimes i feel like i'm weird because i'm I'm too loving with people or i i just feel that i have to express my emotion and i just gave him a hug Mm. And I said, bro, you, you're my dude. You, you, he's, he's like, as I say, he's like a brother to me. Mm. He's a good dude. Mm. He really is. And um, we just have a lot of fun together. Yeah. I need to go camping with that guy again. Last time I did, uh, <coughs> a friend of mine got absolutely trashed. No, but you, you can't go camping without brownies. Well, well, brownies is not optional. Yeah. It's, it's happening. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like this podcast needs to be sponsored by a, a weed provider, you know. Yeah, Mike Tyson, if you could send us some of your shit from California, for, from your California on. I mean, we just need to get on Joe Rogan's podcast and talk about these things and just say, and just pull a Duncan Trussell and get, get an invite. Yeah. Just get an invite. <laughs> just be like, hey, guys, 
I've heard things about you, and this is genuinely how I speak. I know I'm weird sometimes, but I've really got a lot of good to say about the world. And I really have a lot of opinions. And Joe, here's the thing. I think that this is really the way we need to go as a race. We need to work together and start sorting the shit in this planet out. Every need, Everybody needs to start taking psilocybin regularly, <laughs> daily doses. Everybody needs to be smoking pot. Everybody needs to be having a good time. We'll have a lot less problems in the world, and this is the way we need to go, Joe. And Joe will be like, yeah, well, here's the thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to them. Yeah. They're incredible dudes. I yeah. love them. Yeah. So great. As long as we don't do any of those uh, Walter Sorrell. More tips than I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Walter Sorrell's love that guy. Great oh. advice. Great advice. He, he gave I, just, I just love the way he talks and <laughs> I just did it one day saying stupid shit and it's no insult to Walter Sorrell's. But I just had so – I was high – Okay, Walter, I'm sorry. I was high and I had a good time and I sent it on, on the uh, shop talk group yeah. that yeah. I have with uh, a few of my friends here, yeah. knife maker friends. And um, man, we had a laugh, but no insult to you, brother. He's the guy that I got the, the information on, on how much bog roll you go through in your shop. The, the that shit was time. brilliant. <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant. It's He's... He's incredibly skilled, man. Yeah. He's incredibly skilled. And he's mm. got such useful tips. Yeah. Properly useful. Yeah. Um, and I love watching his videos. I honestly do. And I'm, I I hope one day I could beat the bloke. I'd love to beat him. We'll we have to go to Blade Show then. Have to go to Oh, does he go to Blade Show? Of course. Yeah. Why of course wouldn't he, goes. he? Why wouldn't he? Yeah. I came here for an ice show. A real fucking knife show with real knives. <laughs> what is that video I did? What is that? What you think, Puff? It's a fucking knife. No, it's lots of fucking cake lift. That's fucking stock removal, that is. I'll come here right, for fucking knife breaking. Some proper knife breaking with some proper mm, meat. Like Niels from the back, the back dragon forge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, uh, <laughs> but you were too busy in your pity making fucking cake lifts, weren't you? Rich, this lot of fucking not. Well, no, I should have said, Niels, this lot of fucking nonsense to Ray. Fucking nonsense. Go on, get out of fucking way. Go on, get out. <laughs> we still have to post, uh, post that uh, uh, business of that uh, idea for Niels, the, the bobbleheads. When you press the button, what the fuck are you doing, man? What you go there? Forge your life, man. It's not going to forge itself. It's not going to forge itself. <laughs> Get up in the morning, the Neil Salam. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Take a drag of a cigarette and fucking work. He's like going nuts. Like you'll wake up with PTSD every day, but you'll be like pumping out knives like a motherfucker. And you'll just be like shaking if you're not making knives. Because they're like your phone will just be like, dude. Why are you drinking beer? You've been making knives. Ah, I can't even have a peaceful ride without Niels being on my sack. <laughs> I was, I and was... he is sack, not back, because <laughs> it feels like he's on your sack when you when he's upset with you. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you using pool balls for handles? And you're like, I'm sorry, Niels. Please love me. <laughs> That's why I had to get him to do that video. Niels, 
Show that you love me, and then he tries to lick my face. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? I was such a weird cat that day. Eh? We were having a chat outside uh, when we were smoking with, with uh, Stuart and Niels, and he was talking about grinding, and, and he's <laughs> Niels talked about the first machine he made you know, when he started. He said it was a monstrosity. He said he spent more time fucking sorting out the alignment than actually grinding of the machine. And Stuart was saying... Since he had that episode where a fresh 36 bolt snapped and whipped him in the face and on his tits. <laughs> he said he started grinding like this to the side of the machine because he's got PTSD from that belt slap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was a fresh 36, so that grit was sharp. and like a roasty down his face. <laughs> yes. PTSD belt slaps. Enough fuck. In a pocket, man. Extra me ring up That was fucking sad. And your daughter. Oh, Papa, it's your fuck. Oh, fuck. No, 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 fuck. What do you know? Snow safe, mama, rough, sien. In a pocket. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you guys have got to check that out on, on YouTube. Like, these Afrikaans guys ripped off Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like, the fuckers are like, I'm going to come and blast for it. But I'm going to get a fucking bass. Come on. Kick the Fish like, fish like a fuckers. Ah, yes, like, what can I know? Yes, like, that is my. I put him here. I come from. What is it? I come from Gibraltar. Which one is it? It's Bushfat. It's Bushfat. Yes, like. I took a big even a pipe for you. It's not so exactly it's on your duty. I find it, my. As a belief. Yay. Yay, you know. Fuck off. Uh, oh, it's brilliant. Excuse sorry, guys, guys. Sorry about that. Sidetrack. <laughs> that's, that's rock spider coming out in me, right? <laughs> Full yeah. of iron, it is. Full of iron, it is. Nochatwaki. Depressed cigarettes <laughs> are the problems of nightmakers in Morphe extensions. Especially when you're behind the grinder carefully and you forget to pull. Screw you, Oh, talking of titles of sex tape, mm. there's a thing called a Jesus Bolt. What's Apparently. A mm. <laughs> Jesus Bolt. No, that's so terrible. People are going to hate me for that. <laughs> I said title of your sex tape. I'm so sorry. Jesus mm. Bolt. <laughs> no, God. Because it's your saviour. It's the saviour of the sex world. Hectic, guys. I'm sorry. Mm. Don't be offended. If you are offended, and if you're not, I'll get to you. I promise. <laughs> yes. I'll get to you. I promise. Anyway. Oh, I am to offend at least one person on social media day. Look, I think Jesus was a great guy. He mm. had a just beard, probably. Mm. Probably used beard oil, too. And that man walked on water. <coughs> well, aren't there monks that can do that? I don't know. I heard I th- about that. I think with enough meditation, you can do just about anything. I think with not jerking out, we can do enough. 
<laughs> I think so we call Ron Cray thought mentality. <laughs> I think when the when the Beatles came out with the song "Come Together," <laughs> Ryan was not what we had in mind. <laughs> Hectic. There's a lot of songs that get like mm. either misconstrued or genuinely are about uh, drugs or sex yeah. or whatever. Like Bridge Over Troubled Waters about drugs. Yeah, and I mean, some of the songs, they, they, they sound upbeat, and you just mm. recognize the song for what it is, and you know, you kind of know the lyrics, but you don't really get it. I mean, you that, know? that song that I told well, you what about. What he's actually saying. That, that song I told you about by uh, Sixto Rodriguez, uh, Sugar Man. Oh, uh, yes. That, like, fuck, what a legend. That guy got so many South Africans through national service, man. Um, Incredible. And it... That guy, he didn't have the same. It was only, I think, in South Africa and Australia that he had that following. Because, I mean, we've got similar mentalities. We, we fucked in the head. Yeah. Um, well, and they, they did I it. don't agree with that. I think we're uh, pretty cool people. Yeah, we're the best. We're awesome. Yeah, we're pretty cool. Um, but uh, they did a documentary. These South African guys went on a, a, a search for Rodriguez, and they, they titled the documentary um, The Search for Sugar Man or Finding His Sugar Man. Yeah. Because that, uh, you know, in our political background, you know, um, in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s, they had a thing called national service. Um, we had to go and do two years military service. It was compulsory. Yes. And My uh, dad went to uh, DB for three years because of yeah, they, they, they had a, a fucked conscientious up, objector. Yeah, they had a fucked up system that if you had a religious objection, they put you... Because the national service was two years, but they put you in detention barracks for three years, and they treated you like dog shit. Yeah. It was a fucked up system. I have a few friends that mm. their fathers went through the same thing as my father. Some got less, uh, not not a severe sentence. Some got more severe sentence mm. than my dad. And around the world, there's this thing happening with mm. service and religious uh, viewpoints yeah. uh, and not wanting to compromise <coughs> on that because of your faith to choose mm. a God that you have absolute right to serve mm. and it goes against your beliefs mm. I mean I had a guy we had a guy mm. not I we had a guy who came through and we asked him if he would like to and he was Muslim yeah. if I'm not mistaken and he said to me uh, I said to him would you like to enter the raffle and he said to me I, I would love to buy the knife, but seeing as it's not for sale, I can't enter the raffle because it's kind of like gambling for me. Mm. And I said to him, I understand that. I, I respect it's, it. It's, it's for religious reasons, and mm. he has every right to decline because of yeah. that. I respect him for that, 100%. Yeah. So, mm. you know, look, I don't have a problem with it personally, but mm. that's not me That's not mm. me saying, oh, it's stupid that you think that way. Mm. That's how he feels, and that he's got the right to do that. And if that extends to not wanting to do military service, I know there's guys out there who feel very strongly about that. Mm. But, but I, I don't I, think it should be forced on everybody. No. It, it should be your free choice to go and do it. Look, if if you want to support it in some way, but you don't want to be part of that, you don't want to be part of the actual act of killing, yeah. maybe you want to be a medic or something mm. like that, sure. But I, I understand for most people it's about, uh, and there's very specifically the, the religion I came from, mm. which I'm not going to get involved with. I don't want to, mm. there's, there's no points in discussing what it was. Mm. But um, you're, you're supporting the machine, the military machine. Yeah. If you get involved, whether it's a medic, 
or mm. whether it's uh, selling things <clears throat> to the army or mm. whatever it may be, there's, there's people who have had to change career mm. because of the religious beliefs and their faith toward it, which once again, I respect. Mm. They've had to change careers to actually stay within the religion. And that shows their dedication toward it. I mean, I had a friend at, at school um, from standard six all the way through to matric. We, he's now in Ireland. He makes fantastic jewelry. Um, Sam Lafford. Uh, he's, I don't know if he still is, but he was a Jehovah witness and we still had cadets at school. Yeah. So, because it was against his beliefs, he did first aid. Mm. And he also, we had a thing where we had to do a winter and a summer sport. He didn't do sport. But because he did first aid, he would go to the sports event and, and do the first aid as a service. Yeah. Um, which was acceptable to him. And I, I think that's, you, yeah. you don't have to fall into a box. No. I think. No, look. Mm. Look, not, one, not one thing is is applicable to everybody. It should be your choice whether it's yeah. Based look, on seeing as we're on the on mm. the topic, I mean, you've mentioned it now, so let's let's expand upon this. Look, I'm the only reason I didn't really want to bring it up is because I don't I don't uh, have any uh, hate toward it or any mm. malice toward the religion. It's a good religion if it works for you. Mm. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it. I know a lot of people have a lot of suspicions about uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and things like that, but it's really nothing sinister. It's mm. nothing bad. It mm. just depends whether it works for you or not. It's the same as whether you're a Catholic or a Baptist or a, or a Muslim or a yeah. Buddhist. It's what works for you. If, if having some sort of a belief system works for you, and I definitely do, I don't. Oh, I don't practice it in any way or form other than meditating and trying to be a good person. And I know that sounds super bush happy, but you guys, you guys know I am, right? So mm. that's that's what it is. I'm a bush happy, uh, bush happy, um, not bush happy Baptist, <laughs> bush happy flipping Nazarite, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think we should get off religion because it. it well, it's look. It's a very interesting subject, but mm. I don't know if we have enough time to discuss the depth that we'd like to discuss about it. Yeah, or regarding I, it, it's, I think I think there's a purpose to it. You know, I believe in intelligent design. Um, I believe to a certain extent in some form. Well, of as an engineer, I should imagine you would. I mean, our DNA structures are, is an encyclopedia on how to build your body. Um, so I I can't see that being random I, I, it has to be some form of intelligent design yeah and whether the, the whether your belief system is that you you don't practice in a religious way in terms of going to church maybe you practice your religion in a more personal way where or you, a spiritual way or a spiritual way mm. and and look it's essentially in my opinion the same thing yeah. Uh, but if that means spiritual in terms of God, I think there's many different ways to describe mm. spiritual, whether that's through meditation or connecting with the earth or whatever it is that you may be doing. I think there's many different ways of interpreting it. Yeah, and I also believe, you know, in the Taoist when they talk about the way, which reminds me, I'm going to ask Jamie just to bring up that, that one uh, section that I talked about earlier. Um, that... You cannot describe the way or, or God or 
Jehovah, Allah, whatever you want. You can't describe it in words. Yeah. So no written thing or no descriptive thing you can come up with will complete the whole the whole picture. Um, well, here's the thing. I mean, if if we think of something that cre- can create, if we're talking about a god and and we, you know, saying that there is a creator then if if we're talking about that sort of power Mm -hmm. that sort of intelligence that sort of wisdom that sort of all of these things whether you believe in god or not that's that's not part of the discussion Mm -hmm. but the part of the discussion is that if you believe in that Mm -hmm. i can only see that personally i can only see that as being the reasonable answer I don't see how things work out the way they do so perfectly. Mm. And yeah, I know a lot of scientists say that it's chaos out in the universe, but there is, there is a system that, that stars move within. Mm. It's a network that, that all these heavenly bodies Mm. work within. And yes, there's disasters and, and things that happen and it's it's somewhat Kate. Well, Look, as I say, I'm not a scientist, but it's very, I mean, you've got things like black holes that are 32 th- times the mass of the sun, mm. uh, our sun. And those things are incredibly powerful. Uh, there was there was a frequency that, some sort of frequency where they measured this frequency of two black holes colliding, mm. crashing into each other. And um, the the power that they had measured, they they said that it was the power of all the observable universe. I think they said within the time frame that they well, what is it, thirteen point eight billion years ago, mm. or trillion years ago, whatever it was, um, that it. The, the energy output from these two black holes colliding was more than all of the energy that has been utilized by any star or thing that puts out energy in like fractions of a second. Like, you know, mm. incredible, incredible information that we're able to now access because of uh, modern technology. And modern advancements in science and how we can measure light and and how we can measure radio waves and how we can measure gamma rays and all of these different things and frequencies and, you know, all of these things that I don't really know too much about, but I find incredibly interesting to listen to. Uh, Things like how far certain stars are from us is mind-blowing you know when you say our nearest star obviously being the sun 93 million miles away from the earth what is the next closest star <clears throat> proxima centauri mm. and i think that's something like i think it was 3.4 or 4.3 4.3 light years 4.3 light years away mm. and a light year is, the, is dis- the distance that light travels in a year that's so what what you do right you this is you keep fucking off until you get to this gate until you get <laughs> until you fucking die and then your body keeps fucking off. Okay, so, here's here's that thing from the Tao. It's a, it's the first chapter of the Tao Te Ching. So this is one of the translations. 
the way the way is the Tao. Okay, the way that can be described is not the absolute way. The name that can be given is not the absolute name. Nameless is is the source of heaven and earth. Named, it is the mother of all things. Whoever is desireless sees the essence of life. Whoever desires sees its manifestations. These two are, are the same, but what is produced has different names. They both may be called the cosmic mystery. From the cosmic to the mystical is the door to the essence of all life. Holy shit. I just blew Trenton's mind. There's smoke coming out. No, it's <laughs> just the joint, bro. Um, <laughs> you smoke? It. No, I don't smoke. It's the cigarette that smokes. I'm just the sucker on the other end. <laughs> but it's the interesting thing, you know. If you look at it like that, it's like, it just blows the Can mind. you send that to me a little bit later, bro? Yeah, when you're sober. Yeah, when I'm sober. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. That was really profound. Mm. Um yeah, man, I I'm enjoying this podcast in like so much. Mm. Like, this is the thing that Tim and I have spoken about multiple times now is that we enjoy talking to one another because we're very good friends, first of all, mm. and um, and and I couldn't be more grateful to have a friend like mm. you, brother. But um, we we work incredibly well together, and we have incredible conversation. I mean, as we were speaking about earlier on the way to BKS this morning, mm. we had an incredible conversation worthy mm. of a podcast for sure. Um, and and whenever we have these discussions, I'm thinking, damn, we should be recording this. We should shit. be recording this. We should be recording this shit, like because you have I specifically have moments of. Well, I don't want to say moments of brilliance. That's really cocky. But like I have moments where I think about things that I think are incredibly interesting and I want to talk about them and I want it to be on the podcast because I think a lot of people would find conversations like these more thrilling. Mm. I would like to have extra people. I would love to have Ron to have these type of discussions. Because Dude, I, I, that I guy think, needs to get on the podcast. And I'm going to do it. We're going to feed him a bit of whiskey. We're going to feed you some weed. And, and maybe I'll have an edible. Oh, my gosh. Then we can call it stoners to stoners. <laughs> there we go. Blaze to bake. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can call it... We'll think B B A B Blaze to Bake. Yeah. <laughs> what play? What, oh fuck! I'm stoned. I, I can't fucking think. But right. so yeah, we'll we'll have a a couple of special episodes, mm. right? Because um, hmm, I am so incredibly excited about future projects that we're going to be doing for the mm. Open Hearthcast that are going to allow us to. Uh, not only expose the information that we talk about on the podcast and mm. the, the things that we talk mm. about on the podcast, but they're going to allow us to improve uh, the technology that we're able to use to record better podcasts mm. and potentially open a YouTube channel to do a um, a more visual experience for mm. our, our viewers. Mm. And I think that's what we owe to, to our audiences. Mm. Uh, there's been a hell of a lot of support uh, mm. today coming through a whole bunch of guys coming mm. through, uh, listen, listening to our podcast, and we appreciate you guys. Mm. And I think uh, 
Luckily, we, we uh, shared an umbrella with uh, Francois Kutsia. Francois Kutsia. That man. acts a legend, man. Absolute legend. There's Thank a, you, There's a fire stick. Fire stick. Um, but he's in the audiovisual game. So if, if you need audiovisual stuff, uh, get hold of Francois Kutsia. Um, we're planning to get some audio equipment from him now. Another shout-out we should just give here quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, spread the love, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be cheap about my, my shout-outs, but... Mm-hmm. We want to give exposure to guys who are who are doing good work out there. And one mm. of the guys who's doing something um, unique in its own right is he's uh, – man, I, I forget the guy's name. I'm so terrible with names. I've met him a couple of times though. He was part of the 48-hour uh, dagger build. And he does photography for Niels and a couple of other knife makers <sighs> – no, I don't even know his name. I had a good chat with him with uh, while we were smoking. Uh, yes, and we'll, we'll find his Instagram tag, and and we'll put it on the description of the podcast. Yes, I, and I'm so terribly sorry, my man. If you if you're listening to this and you you're like, what the flip? I thought we were friends. <laughs> like I um I just genuinely have a bad time with names, and apparently Tim does too tonight. He's generally very good. No, I'm not good with names. Well, dude, you. I've said, who's this guy? And you're like, oh, that's Francois Coutier. Well, that's this guy. Well, that's, uh, you know, and Francois, I knew him. Mm. I knew him, but I just forgot his name. I mean, I forgot Vaughn Ball's name. He mm. came there and I tried to introduce him to Dean. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, um, this is, um, wow, dude. And he's like, are you serious right now? And I'm mm. like, and I forgot Garth's name too, Garth Fletcher. <laughs> his name flat out in conversation and i'm like yeah, yeah i was saying to um to uh and he's like you're joking right and i'm like no sorry <laughs> but yeah running on little sleep and no weed is a bad combination you can do one of the two but uh, <laughs> but not not both at the same time yeah i've just asked jamie to to pull up some of uh, I've pulled up Niels's profile on Instagram so we can try and get the name of the photographer. Um, come on, Niels. Come on. I'm just looking for one of his uh, uh, professional photos. Yeah. His, his layout. You know, he's got a couple of if, if we can't find it, guys, we'll definitely uh, put a post out on uh, Instagram. There's a couple of posts I want to put out on Instagram mm. on the Open Off cast. <coughs> Um, just promoting some of the guys. One of the guys I met for the first time uh, during the show, uh, the first day of the show, I actually introduced myself to him. I hope you remember his name. Uh, Philip Dunn. Oh, Philip Dunn. That's a legend. Philip Dunn, absolute legend. He is, oh, shame. I felt bad, man. I I said to him, can we do a video? And I don't know if he was nervous or if it just happened, but Mm. the knife was hella sharp. And uh, he nicked his finger, and it was one of those little shadow cuts. But it it was ble- I think it was the shadow cuts. I hope it was, brother. But uh, he nicked himself, and he says, "As you can see, guys, it's sharp. <laughs> Just cut myself." And uh, he said to me, "You won't believe it." After the video, he said, "You won't believe it." But that was the same knife that bit me yesterday. And I'm like, "Oh my goodness." Rian Rodeman, AR Blade Photography. Rian Rodeman, that's correct. That's correct. Yes. My man. I'm terrible. Big shout out to you, man. Big shout out. He's got some stunning photography skills, man. It's it's incredible. He's uh apparently he does work in the um entertainment industry. Some work for like I can't, I can't remember what it's called, like uh it's 
but 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 anyway, the point is he's involved with television shows, yes. like reality shows, and and also yeah. nerd for nerds and things like that, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder if he has anything to do with Footsporter. Maybe. I'd like to get some the guy from uh, Footsporter on you. Yeah. Damn. That would be incredible. <laughs> What's Ooh. up? Picture life in the labs. Do. Do mice there or do rats? But I'm going to read what it says yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is life in the labs. There's two rats lying in bed. Says, are you going to get vaccinated? And it says, are you crazy? They haven't finished human trials yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, uh, flipping hell. So, mm. I got a few supplies mm. today. Got some very chloride I for, got some... Cuts and, for cuts and grazers. Yes, that's all it's used for. Got some um, stupid glue to stick things together. Yeah, I've got uh, some thin super glue um, that I'm wanting to use. I've been meaning to get some for a while. And I got this... Um, I got this from... Uh, oh, man. Stephen Didricks. Yes, Stephen D- Didricks. And mm. his... Uh, I think it was his wife yeah. who helped me out. I can't remember her name at the moment. But they, they supply quite a... He makes knives, some awesome knives. But I'm he sure also, he does. But he supplies uh, belts, ferric chloride, hammer yeah. material, yeah. awesome waterproof... Buffing wheels and... Uh, water, waterproof uh, masking tape. Yes, which I've bought got, as well. He brings in this... Um, Food safe. Well, give me the bottle. Okay. Sorry about the mic, guys. Um, but, uh, it's a very good oil. It's lanolin-based. It's food safe. Um, and it, it's not like other oils where it's, uh, uh, it, the, the fluid, you know, it eventually comes off. It actually leaves the layer on. Uh, fluid film. Fluid film. It comes in both a, 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 in a, a dropper bottle and then I think you also get the spray bottle. <clears throat> but it is awesome stuff. I've switched over to using it now. I got my bottle from our good friend, Rian Munset, Three-Legged Dog. Um, Did you buy it from him? Yeah. Uh, Does I he supply? He supplies it, yeah. He's, he gets Lovely. it from Stefan, but I didn't pay for it. Rian gave it to me as a gift. Lovely. Yeah. No solvents, eco-friendly, flash point of 207 degrees Celsius. We don't know what that is in freedom degrees. Um, food gate, food freedom heart. Yeah, freedom heart. Uh, food grade approved, and you can get it from www.sdknives.co.za. So a big shout out to Stephen Didricks. I mean, he's he's been growing his um, sixty five bucks. I got it for. Yeah, it's a good price. It's a great price. <clears throat> but he's been growing the, his his uh, basket that you can get from him, and uh, he's basket got, of what weed. No, he doesn't sell weed. Oh, man. I want some stabilized weird weed handles. I think what's his name can help out with that. John Ray Lewis. John Ray Lewis, yeah. Yeah, he does it himself. So uh, Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I get him some bud, I'm sure he could make me some weed scales. Yeah, but then are you going to sacrifice that bud? Well, it might not be good bud, but um, yeah, it would be quite a sacrifice. <laughs> Maybe I should just do the weed giraffe bone inlay into African blackwood, the weed, the, the leaf of enlightenment. <laughs> he's been on a, he's been on a diet of cannabinoids, coffee and cocoa leaves. <laughs> I hear multiple voices as if he's rehearsing a play in the night. Don't you have goats that need swimming? <laughs> so much to look forward to. Thank you for reminding me. 
Oh, jeepers. Yeah. Trenton, come back to the light. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Squirrels, they are abundant. Feed the snake, woman. <laughs> Feed it. She, she. Your tea, Mr. Holmes. Is it poisoned, Nanny? There's enough of that in you already. <laughs> Don't touch everything in its proper place as per usual. Oh, <laughs> uh, hell. <laughs> I think we definitely need to get some video in here because... Uh... <laughs> well, should I do it again? You can take a video. No, I'm busy rolling a cigarette. Oh, fine. If you're if 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 depleting your lungs of oxygen and replacing it with freaking nicotine is more important than taking a video of me doing actual stunts from movies or skits rather uh, from movies, well then, fuck you, mate. With <laughs> fucking anchor, right? You like that? I'm not gonna fuck you. I'm not gonna fuck you, right? So I bought these. Okay. Now before we start, I've got a little joke for you. You're gonna love this one. A paranoid schizophrenia walks into a bar <laughs> <laughs> and he starts clapping them with hammers and shit. Oh, nice old cool gosh. hammers. Yeah, flipping oh, Nora. He like whacks the one guy in the balls and he's like, oh, oh. He's like hooked him in the nuts. Oh. So violent. There's a Jesus. there's a scene from the movie that you must watch, uh, uh, Snatch, mm. or Brick Top. They've got this uh, gypsy fighter who just doesn't fucking, you know, go down when he's supposed to Is that to the go. one with Brad Pitt? Yeah. Brad oh, Pitt's wow. the gypsy. <laughs> but this guy... But he's he's crazy. Like, he takes that beating from that guy and then he just goes and, like, one shot off and <laughs> knocks him the fuck out. And breaks his jaw. <laughs> so crazy. Such a great movie. But, Brad Pitt is an actor of note. But Bricktop's walking out of the thing after this guy is just fucked up this guy when you're supposed to go down in the second and this guy stops him and he says great tip you gave me there brick top and he says listen yeah you little fuck next if i give a dog a tip i don't expect him to tell him tell me how great it tastes now if you stop me when i'm walking again i'll cut your fucking jacobs off you got it <laughs> <laughs> and he takes a knife out and holds it to the guy's nutsack <laughs> it's, it's like that scene from from legend where the, <laughs> where, where um ron cray the the psycho brother <laughs> of the i'm two, a giver not a taker <laughs> i'm a giver nor receiver so so he's it's his birthday and he's <laughs> ron and reg are having uh breakfast in their part of in their part of town and this <laughs> other gang messenger basically comes in there and he's like walks into the door and the one uh the one of the cray twins um, gang members sees the opposing gang coming up and he goes he goes up to him and he like flicks out a knife and he's like are you holding your bravery jacket <laughs> and he's like uh, i've come here to parlay and he's like i will fucking map you up selfie <laughs> Map you up, <laughs> cut you up, dude. He's like, oh, little man, he's only little. <laughs> Where's the fire stick, dude? Oh, fire stick, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, and now that we know we're not, and now that we know we're gonna be safe. Well, that's a little thing called trust, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
There's always a guy hopping on about trust there, but if you look, there's another bloke behind him, and he's got his cock in his hand, and he's ready to shove his cock <laughs> right up your ass. Well, we wouldn't, you wouldn't mind that, <laughs> you fat puff. And he pulls out a gun, and he's like, and Ridge is like, no, 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 no you fuck off. <laughs> Hello. Oh, fuck. We should do movie reviews. Mm. Yeah. We should. We should. We could I, use, we I could, can I can memorize skits from movies. Yeah, I can. I can do the Joker. You do the Joker. Mm. You want to know how I got these scars? See, my father was a drinker and a fiend, and one night he goes off crazier than usual. Mommy gets the kitchen knife to defend herself. He didn't like that. Not one bit. So, me watching, he takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me, and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with a knife. Why so serious? Puts the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And And then he looks at the other guy where he's got a blade in the in the other gangster's mouth and he's like, Why so serious? And then he slits his mouth open. It's crazy shit. Mm. And, oh, and that scene where, where he's got Batman pinned down, mm. like where, when he's trying to blow up the two ships, mm. he's got like Joker's got Batman <laughs> pinned down, and he's like, "By the way, wanna know how I got these scars?" And he's like, "He's like, you know, you know how I got these scars?" And he's like, "No, but I know how he got these." And he shoots his like <laughs> arm things into his face, and he's like, "Ah!" And he like falls down, uh, and he saves him, dude. Mm. He saves him, and he's like. And he's laughing, and he comes back up, and he's like, you just couldn't let me go, could you? <laughs> <laughs> he nearly died. Have you, have you watched that, what is it, Suicide Squad? Mm. That that chick that was free, that was uh, dating the Joker or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's one psycho chick. I enjoyed that character in the movie. I enjoyed her, but I didn't enjoy the Joker so much. It was just like after after Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. I don't know if anybody will be. No, don't think so. Unless I revolve, because I could totally replace that shit. I'm starting <laughs> to grow my hair, right? Get me involved. I can put it off. I promise. Don't know who the producers are, but if you'd like a little rehearsal, I could get involved, right? Love to get into acting. I'll even do it for free, right? But we'll have to get it directed by Quentin Tarantino. He's one of my favorite directors. I don't think you've seen many of his movies. Well, I want to be involved with whoever did the Dark Knight Rises. Who the fuck was that? I have no fucking idea. You have no fucking idea, mate. You fucking no use to me. <laughs> they fucking asked Jamie did. Who the fuck is going on here, mate? Wrong form. <laughs> Jamie? Get the fucking information. There's a podcast about information, sharing information, useful information, right? We yeah. have to get involved with this. Dark Knight. No. Dark. Yeah. English spelling. Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Let's see what Wikipedia says, Jamie. 
Jimmy. Jimmy. You should call it Jeffrey, though. Oh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. What is the... Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Dark Crisis. Wikipedia. What does Wikipedia says? What does Wikipedia says? I mean, you're not even high, dude. Yeah, but I speak English. Ditter being the lacquered English. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Christopher. Co-wrote a screenplay by his brother Jonathan Nolan mm. and the story by David Esquire. And who was Batman in the movie? I can't remember the guy's name. Bruce Willis. I'm oh, kidding. <laughs> I, I know that was wrong. I know that Christian was, Bale. Christian Bale. Mm. Morgan Freeman was in it. He's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Christian Bale said that he would never act in a Batman movie again if, if uh, the director that was originally involved wasn't involved. But it doesn't say Heath Ledger. No, it has to. Do you know, he was the only, if I'm not mistaken, he was the only actor to get a Oscar for playing a villain in a movie, but he wasn't there to receive it, unfortunately. I can't remember who's, who received it for him, but um, he was never out of character on set. But it doesn't say... Are you sure it's Dark Knight Rises? Or wasn't it just Dark Knight? No, no I'm saying the Dark Knights and all the movies therein. Mm. Like, in that... I'm saying the Joker was... Uh, I think it was the Dark Knight Returns or something like that. Um, a Jeepers, I, I can't remember. Is it the Dark Knight Returns or... It's the 2008, not the 2012. Okay. Uh, oh, Joker. It was Joker, the Dark Knight. Yes. That was the one. Okay. Also Christopher Nolan. Yeah, so, I mean, I could totally pull that shit off. Yeah. I promise you, dude. I'll even shave my beard. Not a fuck. Not you- a fuck. I come back with the beard. If As you shave, Joker. if you shave your beard, man, mm. I kick you off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you kick my podcast. What the fuck, dude? That's such a threat. <laughs> I feel so threatened. But no, no. The Joker comes back, and he's got a beard this time. Yeah, and he's still got his makeup. Mm. Mm. Maybe you, you can, can dye the beard in you a can smile. Do, you can do a Christmas tree in your beard, like it. That fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> just think Christmas lights in your beard jeepers we could carry on that story mm. tell the director to get involved right? <laughs> he doesn't know what he's missing out on yeah definitely I could pull that shit off my brother was actually worried about me when I was about when wh- however old I was when that movie came out mm. I was obsessed with the Joker Which and my brother? my bro- uh, Travis Travis yeah because I was mm. I was so involved in that character that I was, I was starting to talk like him, mm. and I was acting, and Travis, like Travis, would get creeped out by mm. how I would, <laughs> how I would imitate the Joker. Mm. Your other brother is I've forgotten his name. Byron. Byron. Yes, there we go. Mm. I was going to say, we got to meet Byron. Oh, I got to meet Byron this weekend at the show. Flipped and cool, man. Huge support from my dear brother. But uh, he's definitely. Uh, 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 Bred from the the watchers, the Anunnaki. Man, he's a, is fucking tall, and he's built like a brick. I shit wish, out. I wish he would bladesmith. <laughs> I really did. He, I really do. He's 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 probably as tall as Alma Fanta. 
Yeah. Uh, but he's he's, he's built, built like a machine. Yeah, and he's. I think if that guy slaps you, your cousin will feel it. Mm. Mm. How did you end up being the run to the litter? Well, that's what my mom said, and I called her out one day, and she's like, no, no, no. And now she says, you know, it's like a sandwich, you know, and I'm like, how is it like a sandwich? She's like, the best stuff is always in the middle, saying so it's a middle child, you know. I'm like, yeah, you're just trying to redeem yourself from what you said. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it is so. I mean, I'm, I'm not the tallest of the lot. I'm not the strongest of the lot. Get me, in a, get me in a bad mood, though. <laughs> I'll fuck shit up. <laughs> You'll do some baboon shit. Mm. As ons net die etter kan kry om te werk. <laughs> ja. Dit is jammer, die etter kan nie werk nie. <laughs> uh, we should get a sticker. Put it, give it to Niels to like, give it to Sean. Dit is jammer, die etter kan nie werk nie. Oh, shame, but Sean works his balls off, man. Yeah. He works hard. But just like jokingly, that would be funny. Yeah. And when Niels gives him a hard time, because uh, Sean, I think, is his brother-in-law. That's correct. And he says, when, when Niels gives him a hard time, he says, I'm going to tell your mother. I'm going to tell your mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, Sean is a cool dude, mm. man. He's a cool dude. He's encouraging. He's yeah. a cool guy, and he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Niels, he's done well with Niels. Mm. Niels but, has trained him, obviously, very well as well. But, but uh, we were chatting about it when we were talking about the grinders with Stu, and he said he, he's, you know what he started Sean on? The first thing he shouted, shot Shouted. <laughs> started him on. He what? gave him chipper guts. That's <laughs> the first thing he started to get the shit out of you so you can actually fucking learn, right? He started him on the marketing and the selling. Mm. He says, because that's the thing that takes you the longest to learn. And he said he taught him the grinding the last. Sorry, he taught him what first? The marketing and the selling first. Ah. Because he says that's the skill that takes the longest to develop. True. Look, mm. I'm not going to disagree with Niels on any, uh, on any uncertain terms. Yeah. Because I just don't want to, He's too intelligent for me to argue with. Yeah. Um, so, but he, but uh, look, yeah. I, I think it, I'm going to say this, and Niels, if you disagree, please uh, let me know. But here's the thing. I think it's easier for some people than it is for others. But I, mm. it's definitely something you can learn. Yeah, it's a skill you've got to develop. Yeah. Yeah. No disagreement. <coughs> just, mm. Yeah. And 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 then from there he taught him how to put the knife together to Niels' standard. Sure. You know, doing the handles and yeah. things like well, that. Well, I mean, I saw those knives that he made with the faceted handle. The red ivory. The red handles. ivory oh, those handles. Are beautiful. Beautiful, man. beautiful, elegant, stunning, yeah. beautiful, just incredible work. And I mean, he's we're going to ruin his autopsy too. Well, why not, dude? Why not? That's he's what a, we do. We're in the he, business of ruining autopsies. We blow smoke. Up people's asses mm-hmm. for good intentions mm. to give them flipping, like to run their autopsies. That's that what we, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. <coughs> Have you seen? Um, you probably haven't, but that sword that Antoine is working on. I have. He's been updating. I've asked him for updates. Yeah. Have you seen how, how he's progressed on that guard? I saw that guy mm. grinding that blade. He took a video for me. I mean, mm. He may have posted it as well, but. He took a video of him grinding this blade. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, you're so willy-nilly about grinding that blade. Like, he's holding from one point mm. to the other point. Mm. And he's, like, grinding this whole thing. I'm like, yes, it just looks like he just, like, ah, fuck, this is a piss. 
Yeah. Like, and look, because on a blade like that, I would take, this is what Jack taught me, and, and mm. I think he mentioned that Stuart Smith did a video on grinding by numbers. Grinding by numbers, yeah. Yeah. And I still haven't seen that video. <clears throat> I looked for it, but I wasn't able to find it. It's on his YouTube channel. I've looked for it there, dude. Were you stoned at the time? Probably. <laughs> probably. Most probably. But, but um, uh, look, I mean, it's that classic thing of getting stoned and getting a message from your girlfriend and not, and like spending 12 minutes looking at a blank screen <laughs> with the, the little thing, like, flash, what do you call that thing? That little thing that, that is on the fucking page where you're supposed to be typing and it's going like this. Oh, the cursor. Yeah, the cursor. <laughs> that's the fucking name. Yeah, it's just like going like this and you're like thinking about possibilities and like everything's possible in that moment. Yeah. And the more you're in that energy, the more things happen, depending on how stoned you get. <clears throat> but I mean, on the knives I I make, I, I used to do the whole swipe thing. And I've gone to ground by num- not ground by number, but I do section for section, mm. like Niels does as well. So you you like overlap your sections, yes. and you blend it in, yes. And and it's you get much more consistent results. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, uh, when when Jack's like grinding, he uh, he sometimes stands to the side of the ground when he's grinding the tip. Yeah. He sometimes stands to the side of the ground, most times, in fact, and he holds it Mm. directly flat and he carries that grind through Mm. and he doesn't rotate it. Mm. He doesn't rotate it while he's like, if there's a big belly on the blade, he doesn't rotate it unless he's trying to get something very specific done. Mm. Look, maybe he does more than I I admit, but… He's uh, he knows how to flip and grind, man. But Niels also said you can't teach. You can show someone how to grind. Yeah, but you can't teach them really. Like you can teach someone to forge, they actually have to teach themselves. Yes, you have to learn the movements yourself. Because <coughs> there's so and, many and muscles the way involved. the way one knife maker grinds to the way another knife maker grinds is. You know, I'm sure each each uh, man has very similar mm. um, <clears throat> uh, sort of approaches toward grinding and bevels mm. on a knife or grinds on a knife or whatever you want to call it. But the thing is, everybody finds things over time mm. that work better for them. Mm. Like the way Jack grinds, I find for me works very well. Mm. I'm, I've just got to master it. Mm. Don't be on the grinder. Time behind the grinder, and I don't want to let Brooklyn like the stress of and the and the being so tired from Brooklyn, uh, stop me from grinding as much as I was during that period. Mm. So I I think it's just something that you have to just push yourself as hard as you can without burning out. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's basic, mm. like. When I say it's basic, it's basic understanding. Like mm. the more you practice something, the better you're going to get at it. Mm. And perfect practice mm. makes perfect. Yeah, practice makes permanent, not yes. perfect. Yes. Well so, done. Yeah. You're a wise That's, old cat, aren't that you? That comes from Gary Player. Okay. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, getting rather late now. Yes. And uh, we don't want my wife to end our play dates. Yes. We don't <laughs> want that. We don't want so, that. this podcast is now just over two hours. I think it's long enough to keep you guys entertained or to bore you to, to Cheers, death. Possibly. 
<clears throat> but yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, it was a great time, and we mm. definitely had fun doing it. And we appreciate your guys' support and mm. listening in, each and every single one of you. There's a lot of uh, knife makers that apparently are listening. Yeah, and that's uh, it's very encouraging to us. Yeah. We appreciate you guys for sure. Yeah, definitely, guys. So uh, I think we'll call it there. One more thing we have to discuss, though. What do we have to discuss? I don't know if it was an official thing that you were speaking about, but we spoke about some sort of coffee arrangement, which yeah, might we, <coughs> be coming to fruition at some yeah, point. With our, our good friend, Francois. Francois Coutier. Mm. What a legend. Mm. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, so he's branded... I don't know if I can talk about this. Can, can I? I don't know if we can, but he's going to be uh, promoting a brand of coffee. Mm. Um so we're gonna try to get involved with that, so we can get some good shit out to the out to the audience. Because I mean, the amount of coffee Tim and I drink is somewhat ridiculous, but we enjoy our coffee, and mm. it and it helps with the late night mm. nights and the Brooklyn Knife shows at hand, and, and it also helps not stabbing people. Sure, especially in the morning. Mm. My when when I at my first job when I used to get there in the morning, yeah, my boss would come up to me. Yeah. So have you had your have you had coffee at Nosso Nose? Like, I'll come back later. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic. This is the thing. I don't mm. really want to talk in the morning. Mm. I just want to chill. Mm. And people come to me with issues and they're like, oh, you know, this happened last night. And this one said this last night. I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> what are we doing, guys? It's fucking early. Mm-hmm. Can we not just leave this for another time? One time on Bandcamp. Well, not, it wasn't a band camp. Uh, when I was still involved with the church, we went on a, on a youth camp. So this was in my youth, many years ago, just after... In the, your youth? Oh, just after the ox wagons went over the mountains. And um, it's time. Yeah, but we were uh, on a youth camp, and obviously the boys and the girls, hey, when up? We had separate sides of this... this um <laughs> hanging but, most of the title of your sex. <laughs> <laughs> but we were staying in different sides, and... <laughs> We, it was the morning and everybody's getting woken up and I, we just hear from the girl's side. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I thought that was so flip. Hey, Wena. Hey, hanging motors. Uh... Yeah, I think it's time we end it now because my, yeah. my tools are starting to attack me. <laughs> well, you're attacking them, bro, and they're just responding. Self-defense, eh? Self-defense. Mm. It's out of your sex, though. <laughs> Anyway, guys, I think we should call it there before we go too far into the gutter. Yeah. We're glad you, we could take you to the gutter once again. Yes, thank you for uh, joining us at our local residence of Gutterville. <laughs> Gutterville, yeah. If there wasn't a gutter, there wouldn't be a place for my mind to go. Yeah, well, that's what Jack says all the time. If it weren't for the gutter, my mind would be homeless. <laughs> yeah, guys, so thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. We much, we much appreciate Libra, da, 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 all this cock. Like... I can't even talk after the Brooklyn Knife Show. I'm so dead. <laughs> but we, uh, used we appreciate all our vocabulary. Everything. I'm so, I'm so, oh, why am I even doing that? That's so derogatory. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a good one, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope it's been entertaining for you guys. And uh, let us know what you'd like to hear more about because uh, we'd like to talk about things that people are enjoying us mm. discuss. Mm. 
Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Open Half Cast. Thank you, Tim Brown, for this amazing discussion. Yes, thank you, Trenton. You're more than welcome, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Nose hairs, tongs, and everything included in this discussion, so uh, go check that out. Yeah, I posted it on my... Neil's, Neil's totally just, like, plucked some hairs out of my nostrils. With a pair of tongs. Remember to sanitize after use. Yeah, you can do anything as long as you sanitize. Even walk through Woolworths with a sword on your back. Apparently. Yeah, as long as you sanitize. Nobody's questioning that you've got like like a flippin' big-ass blade on your back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing with that? It looks very real. That's because it is. Wow. Net so long kill any work. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys. All right, guys. Have Cheers, a great man. one. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearthcast. Find us on Instagram at openhearthcast and we'll see you again real soon.